This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. My name is Dale, I'll be hosting for this the second week in a row for some god only knows reason. On my right is the man himself, Mitch Doyle. G'day everybody. And filling a gap like Tim Glasby in Queensland Origin... It's Campo. That's offensive. Hey, everyone. That's offensive. The, the Tim, no, the Tim Glasby are podcasting. I like that. I was going to go with the Puff Daddy because I've been, I was on another podcast earlier, but Tim Glasby, I can dig it. What does yeah. what does Puff Daddy do with uh with podcasts? What's his Unknown. podcast? Okay. Unknown. He used to guest on a lot of tracks though. So he did. He did. Before also, we, yep, you, you go. go. No, no please. No, no, here you go. I was going to say also didn't create a festival that you know led to millions of dollars of fraud. That was Joe Rule. Moving on. I thought you were accusing me of something. No, no, I was no. going to say. Like, my, first, my, first, my, festival, my festival scam people out of thousands. <laughs> Altogether thousands. <laughs> so just want to shout out before we get into it, Eddie NZ for sending us some chocolate. Another, oh. another Kiwi stepping up big. He sent us chocolate called the Full 80. It was the All Blacks chocolate. It's not bad. It's delicious. It's, uh, it, There's uh, a lot going on. Yeah. Soft finish though. Mm. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Can't complete. It's, <laughs> okay, let's shut a game off. It's Can't complete. Like Jesus. Yeah. They almost got there, the chocolate. No, that's be- to be fair, it has been better than every Australian chocolate in the conference <laughs> so far. I mean, that could be the worst New Zealand chocolate, and it'd still be better than the best Australian chocolate. Yeah, it could be. Their, pro- their provincial chocolates would beat our test chocolate. <laughs> they would. They would. Why don't we make a, a, a provincial, uh, sorry, an Australian New Zealand chocolate team we- <laughs> internationally? What, to, 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 to tour sweet shops of the world, you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We get what we get. We get a caramel koala in there, maybe. We'll get yeah. one, one or two. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get a lonely caramello koala sitting on the end of the There'd bench. Be a, a birdie, yeah, a birdie beetle would be up in the box, not doing much. No, a birdie yeah. beetle would go to training, and that'd be it. You know yeah. what I mean? He'd be, be a squad. Be boy. in the training squad. Well, the kiwi yeah. chocolates bullying him at the back there. <laughs> yeah. The K bar. Oh, you it. only get to play at Easter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you only come in show bags, right? <laughs> Good chocolate gear. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Surprisingly good gear, considering a very early into the podcast and b very strange subject. Yeah, <laughs> rugby union, rugby, oh. ru- rugby union chocolates. Yeah, yeah, rugby union chocolates. Anyway, speaking of taking, idea, taking all the chocolates, uh, Eastern Suburbs fourteen, South Sydney twelve at Moore Park on Friday night. Uh, potentially the worst game in rugby league history. Saw <laughs> <laughs> saw the Chooks down South, uh, who had all of their good players missing. Um, that would be Greg Inglis, who's still out, obviously. Um, the Chooks also had some players out, as we know, over the Origin period. Um, but yeah, as I said, fourteen to twelve to the Chooks. Um, Mitch, why is Jake Friend so good at rugby league? What's your take? Geez, he had this game on a string. He got getting away with things on the defensive end in the ruck all day, which is fine. He pushed the boundaries and got away with things, and then set up both tries. They scored some decent kicks. I thought he was fantastic, but. The real star of the day for me was Corn Dog Millionaire. Corn Dog Millionaire, Corn Dog Millionaire. man, Golden Living. Yeah, Mitch Cornish's kicking game, mm. fantastic. And I love post match how much Trent Robinson wrapped it because I get keep hearing so long, so many excuses that people think Mitch Pierce kicking to the fullback on the full was part of the kicking plan, part of the game plan. But the moment Mitch Cornish is finding the grass, Robinson was rapping how good he was, and he was fantastic in this game. And Roosters only had to score fourteen points because Mitch Cornish's kicking game and the defence on their line did the rest of the job. Mm. 2014-15 Campo was so excited by this game. I, be- I I had to believe in Mitch Cornish when he was at the Raiders, and I really, really did. I thought he was going to be the future of the club, and it didn't really work out. But what his inclusion showed to me, and it's something that we probably don't talk about enough, is just how good a coach Trent Robinson is. Mm. We always talk about Craig Bellamy and the systems that he has and how he makes it so easy for players to come in 
because he simplifies their role so well. But Trent Robinson does that as well. You know, it's not easy to bring in... Well, Mitch Pearce is probably the, the dominant force for that club on the field. It's not easy to take that player out and have someone else come in and and fit in as well as he did. So I thought it was a real rap for Robinson and a real rap for Cornish on the way he performed. But it's interesting with Friend, we we saw this last time when they played without Pearce, when they played Canberra down in Canberra, when he had that little bit of extra responsibility, he was able to step up and really take control. And that's a measure of what a quality player he is. You know, I, I know that they'll, they'll never get rid of Pearce and the team works very well with Pearce there, but... I'd be really interested to see how they would go if Friend was able to take more of an active role at all times, not just when Pierce is out. It it was interesting to me, as you say, that that a player as not necessarily as good as Friend, although he is a very good player, a player as senior as him isn't given more of a role on a week to week basis because if, essentially when Pierce is there, his job is to shovel the ball to Pierce. I mean, I'm, that that no, simplifies I, a lot. I but. think that simplifies it a bit too much. He still does some playmaking stuff mm. when Pierce is in the team. But I guess there's a fair bit of give and take with any halfback and hooker that have played together for as long as those two yeah. have. You know, they probably have a playing relationship that they're really comfortable with at this point. Yeah, but he was fantastic. And there's those kind of games, the ones that you realise, you know, in terms of Australian hookers, it goes Smith, Friend, and then Daylight until the next best hooker. And, and, yeah. and you know, it's... I don't want to talk about Origin already, but, you know, that guy surely takes a job from Cam Smith in a couple of years, even yeah. though he'll well, be 30 Cam, Well, Cam Smith's not going to retire until 2034, <laughs> yeah. so Friend is still kicking around, I then. mean, he's doing well. Jake Friend Jr. Origin, <laughs> may, not, <laughs> Origin may not exist at that point. Yeah. So, so Queensland may have seceded. I thought JWH is really good in this game, too, for the for the Chookies. He played a long stint, but he also, you know, he does usually play big stints, but he doesn't usually work very hard in defence in those large stints. But he worked hard on both sides of the ball in this game. And they just frustrated South for the whole fixture. And South are back to the, the South Sydney side we've seen most of the year. You know, they had the back of the bye last week. They're a pretty good bye team. But they were back to going really sideways. And their attack, it just it's just so stale. It's so It feels like it's 10 years old the way they play football. I know it worked in 2014. But, you know, Reynolds, there's so many sweet plays to Reynolds. Reynolds doesn't straighten the attack up, doesn't go to the line. You know, then they've got Wobby Farah over-controlling things all day, going across the line as well without any significant pace. And they've got Cody Walker at fullback, who was their spark at attack at 5'8 earlier in the year, looking almost disinterested in the fullback role and not interested in carting the ball back or that interested in getting involved in attack. And it just not a great recipe for success when you've got all that ball and you can only put 12 points up, it, it, a team missing five origin players. It astounded me how deep they stood every tackle. They do it all year. Like, like 20 metres behind the play of the ball. And, yeah. and as you say, there you've got these sweet plays that are going. They're not. They're not making meters. They're the not, sweet play is getting to the advantage line and then getting tackled. Well, they're not engaging the defence both yeah. mentally and physically. They're not going close enough to the line. They play too far away from the line, and they don't make the defence make decisions. They let the defence. They just make the decision for the defence. They go wide and get caught in the corner very often, or they throw it out to someone like Angus Crichton, who ends up with no space and has to run left, right across the field and try and create something. And on one occasion he did, but. This is what the South team have become more often than not the last two years with, with how Madge is coaching them to me. What I, I can't say I was surprised that the Rabbitohs were so ineffective in attack, but after not it, five days before, <laughs> five, not, not, a, not even a week, not a five week. days before, mm. we saw like some of the things they can do and they just, went, they just went away from it all completely. You know, As soon as they didn't have a complete run of things, they went back to the old ways. You know, mm. And really, as... as as impressed as I was by the Roosters to win this game undermanned, if Souths are serious about anything, they should beat this team. You yep. should beat a team that's missing that many players, especially 
you know, their best front rower and, and their on-field leader, you know? Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I thought against Penrith, they got it right putting Burgess on the edge for a little while and it worked out. And they've just carbon copied that game plan. I don't really think it worked in this game. I think they had Sam a little, a little too uninvolved with the, in attack. And there was no one really troubling the, you know, the South in the middle with a quick play the ball or a hard run. They weren't really getting good momentum off that. And then once you haven't got a quick play the ball and you're trying to play the way Farrow does currently, it just doesn't work. And he, he's on the field for, what, 50, 60 minutes. And yeah, he scored that try before he went off. But I, like, I just... I don't know what Damien Cook's done, but at what point does he does he get the last five rounds again this year? Is that what we're going to see Damien Cook again? As you say, I mean, even when Cook came on in the last, as you say, I think it was 21, 22 minutes, the Farrow came on right at the end as well, if I remember mm, correctly. He did come back on. And then, and then just resumes playing as some kind of strange melange of second rower and hooker. And, <laughs> and I, I just don't understand. Like, as you say, what does Cook have to do? He probably has to be able to. He probably has to get into more of a melange type. Role, a melange, you know what I'm saying? He does, like I mean, Farrah is decent in defence. I don't. I don't. You know, I'll give him that. And and Cook is not necessarily a smaller man, but I guess he's not as known for his defence. But, but but Cook Cook's just got some spark, man. He, he does every time. He's he got, get, every time he gets the ball and goes past. Spark. Yeah, and Farrah Farrah's still doesn't. playing. Farrah's still playing like it's 2009, and he's slowed down since then. He can't get away with skipping across the defence yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? Things don't slow down for him with ball in hand the way they used to, mm. except for his running. And he yeah. just can't—he can't go through the holes when they present themselves. Yeah, and at the same time, I don't think Cook will get the last five rounds because they put Cook in for a few weeks, and now they've gone back to Farrah. Yeah, why about would they, three why, weeks, yeah, why would they go back? Why would they go back to Cook now? They seem pretty committed to to keeping Robbie Farrah about. The two two more things from this game: um, Michael Gordon getting injured, I think, can be a real blow for the Roosters. Yeah. Top four hopes because they have to shuffle around their back line a fair bit. They're either gonna have to play Latrell Mitchell at fullback. That could be which they weren't which they weren't a fan of last year, even mm-hmm. though the season was a write off. Or Blake Ferguson, and that's real boom bust territory. Yeah. But with Michael Gordon re signing last week, you'd imagine he plays on the wing next year and they've also just re signed Daniel Tupo. Does that mean Fergo's out the door? Well, I mean I hmm. Fergo's, they've been trying to work on it, right? And Fergo said he wants to stay, so who knows? But he might end up, as you've said it to me, so they might end up at the other side of this, this matchup if he, if he doesn't end up at the Roosters. Not many destinations left for Fergo, you wouldn't think. There is a there is a team that's just lost their representative centre-come fullback to a local rival. Uh, I don't want him. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I make the recruiting decisions down in Wollongong. Well, I, I do know I, that the word out of the Roosters this year has been that they see him purely as a winger. Hmm, and I yeah. don't think they'd be. I don't think they'd re-sign Mick Gordon to kick around in reserve grade because he has been no. so good for them this year, and he's so good around the club. And I don't think Daniel Tupo would have been would have re-signed to play reserve grade either. Yeah. So no, fair call. The, the right the writing could be on the wall. Interesting. Another thing from this game was Adam Reynolds, slowest man in league. He's got no knees. He, he's, he's, got, he's got no knees. He's, he's got no hammies. He is slower than Luke Lewis. Yeah. I didn't think it was possible. No, but Luke. Luke Lewis is just as fast as he needs to be. Yeah. You feel me? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he's racing Bolt, he'll beat him. Yeah. If he's racing Reynolds, he'll beat as him. As long as there's a video screen he'll to just, know how yeah. far he needs to be ahead of Bolt. <laughs> he'll just beat him. He got chased down in over 40 metres by someone to get a 20-metre head start on. It was yeah. truly spectacular. It, it, I want to see... I don't know if you've seen... Hamish and Annie did this running race the other week that the person who came fifth won. Can I get the slowest man in the league running race? <laughs> the Similar thing. The guy trying to take doesn't win, but like sixth. Wins. <laughs> I want Adam Reynolds in it. 
I want Dave Tyrrell in it. Who yep. else is about that slur? Get them all in there. Hodko. Yeah. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. The no knees no no hundred. Let's do it. Or make it a more of a speed walk. A walk. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few players in there. Yeah, yeah. There is. Yossa Soliola. Excuse me, sir. Yossa. I say it. Say it. Say it, Soliola. My apologies. You seen that line speed he drives? Don't you worry. He's drives. <laughs> why, why are you trying <laughs> to hurt me, Mitch? That was yeah. that was Papali driving, mate. Well, no. Cesar Soliola out sprinted Adam Reynolds fifty meters down the wing last year, so he's he quicker did. than Adam Reynolds. He so did. he's yeah. not the slowest man in rugby no, league. No, that Dale is true. Roots. I apologise. I did. I take did. Your, for... Take your slander elsewhere, mate. <laughs> take your libel onto another yeah, podcast. Overall, Roosters, you'd be stoked. Stealing these wins over Origin. A fantastic boost for top four hopes. Even and though they lost Mick Gordon, yeah. this win, fantastic for that. Interesting, the the Mick Gordon thing is that that injury is either not bad or really, really bad. What like, is he, they said eight up to eight weeks, pack. so it can't it be the pack, bad yeah. one. Yeah. Which well, is, I think he's going to play. If he got surgery, it's a season ender. He's going to yeah. play on under duress for the mm. rest of the year because he's Mick Gordon and he's a bit of a superhero. Mm. But it's a blow just because he's stable and he's professional and he's been really good at the back of them this year. So. A peck is kind of necessary in this sport so I would say that playing through that pain is not going to be a whole lot of fun and as you say if they go deep into the finals he's going to be 200% needled up mm. for every game from here until there so I mean one final thing before we move on as well. I've hammered him a few times the last few weeks but Latrell Mitchell's effort run at the back end of this game was fantastic yep. the run that earned that penalty that, that sealed the game for the Chooks he made, what, about 20 metres carrying blokes from 30, his 30 to halfway and then drew a penalty from Sam Burgess and the game was over. I thought that was a fantastic effort. And on the wing there, they, his involvement's kind of more force, but I thought his involvement was much higher in this game. I'll be honest with you. I yeah. forgot he was playing until that run. I yeah. disagree completely. I didn't think his involvement was there at all. I, it might up. Be, I didn't say it was there. It might be there on the stat sheet, but it wasn't there for the no. old eye test. No, no, no. I th- I, I did not see what you saw. I didn't. No, I didn't. I said the effort run was great. That last one. No, and, and then said, you said. And then you said. His involvement was up. It uh, wasn't. Yeah. So it, I, no, I, I didn't say it was good. Even, man. No, I, I dispute it that it's even, it was even up. It was up. One is more than nil. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Dale, <laughs> Dale, Dale Roots. Yeah, jokes last week got <laughs> wisdom this week. <laughs> Facts this week. Uh, do we want to talk about the next game? Which yeah, should be a whole bunch of fun. Uh, Penrith 16, Manly Waringa 8 at Penrith Stadium. On Saturday evening, uh, whose fault was this, Campo? Who's and, and, what that this game was played? Or? Any any particular everything. person? Everything involved in this game was it any one person's fault? Can you think of any one person it could have been? If you're going to give away penalties deliberately in your own twenty meters zone, which a lot of the good teams do, mm-hmm. you can't then turn around and say the referees were refereeing us too harshly. Like Daly Chevens went up to the ref and said, "Oh, you know, we're trying hard. We're not trying to slow down the game, mate. You were trying to slow down the game." Karanara told him to. Yeah, in the yeah. attacking 20, they were all around in the ruck to try and slow him down. And, you know, a lot of teams do that. That's not a slide on Manly, and it's not a slide on Cherry Evans because he was trying to sell it, but that that's what they were doing. So I can't, I don't understand why they were surprised when the penalties spiraled out of control because the more penalties you're going to give away, mm. the and less what? lenient the refs are going to be. They're not going to yeah. keep letting it get going. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And if you give one to slow the play to, to slow the play down, the other team are going to cotton onto it and they're going to start looking yeah. for penalties to two, give away. In two, zone. two penalties two penalties with a back chat, yep. two more were for offside, and maybe there's a couple of 50-50s in there, but Manly still had a chance to win this game. Mm. They were down 14-8 on the attack, and Cherry, like, I think maybe 10 minutes ago, Cherry Evans went for a repeat set, kicked about 14 metres dead, and that was the game. They never really got back down there. So mm. even with all the referees, they had the chances to win the game. I understand they were up against it, but there have been three games I can think of off the top of my head this year 
where Manly were the beneficiary of the good side of a 50-50 call late in the in, like in the crucial stages that won them the game. You know, two yep. the two games against the Raiders yep. and the win and over the night. Yeah. No, and the win over the Knights of Brookfield. But that's just a fact. No, no, that's not mean no, no that's, of course, of course. That's an absolute fact. So they yeah. had. I thought they had the chance to win this game, and they mm. just didn't quite have it. Yeah. And what's the trio of thing he's thinking he's a skim milk can Smith? Those refs aren't your control, mate. He's not even skim milk. He's but like he's 2%, he's, 2%, he's, wa- he's water before you put the milk powder in, <laughs> yeah. mate. He ain't no Cam Smith, man. No, Sit we're down. trying. Don't talk to the refs. We're trying. Please. Yeah. No, no, you're 100 percent right though. As as Perinara said to them, they all break down penalties and yeah. they're all pretty cynical inside their own twenty. And mainly let that get to them. They couldn't handle the penalty count being against them, and there were some real dumb penalties yeah, in the there second was half. A, there was a penalty in the second half where Darcy Lussick raced off the line with Brad Parker and dumped someone onto their back. It was a good tackle. The referees got a tip from one of the touchies and penalised him after the tackle for being offside. Darcy Lussick came screaming back, you know, bullshit, what are you talking about? You look at the replay. He's four steps in front of him before the ball's cleared the ruck. Yeah. Like, it, I think it absolutely got to him. Yeah, it did. And then there was others, some stupid ones like... Haru Naira drew a penalty out of Marty Tapao with 10 or so to go on the fourth tackle from 40 metres out of the, from the Manly line. And there's a few other ones that they gave fourth and fifth tackle penalties away. And that's on nobody but you. The ref doesn't want to give penalties away in the situation. They either like... And also there's the incorrect, incorrect, sorry, incorrect notion that the penalty gun has to be even. Yeah, which I'm gets to me. That's just not true. And, and I also think it can be a problem sometimes if a referee goes into a game thinking that, that does tend to influence games as well. Mm. But in this game, the count pretty much reflected how the, the game flowed to me. And the man, the man he couldn't handle didn't come back in their swing. But as you said in the end, they had all the position, possession at long periods at the second half and couldn't score. Yep. And Penrith, you know, on their line, only scored 16 points for all that, all that possession. But Manly were in this game and didn't, didn't capitalise the, on the one, The one concession I will give Manly people gripping about the ref is the Wunga Blake try, or the DWZ try, oh, yeah, whoever yeah. they ended up giving that, it to. Yeah. That was a, that was an inc- I thought that was an that incorrect was call. Yeah, agreed. So blow up about that one if you like. I'll agree um, with that, not the penalty But the penalty, though. something else. What is the rule there? You both... You- both blokes will both know this. You can't hand the ball to a teammate. You can't. Well, you can't if he's in front of you. Well, yeah, of I saw someone say they can't rule on forward passes, but he's offside. Yeah, so it was but, just yeah. a just a very very strange. But even one. that, and even then, I thought the bobble he lost it as well. Yeah, yeah just just very too. strange. With Penrith, um, were you guys surprised that they weren't able to put more points on? Mitch probably wasn't, but <laughs> <laughs> were you but, I was. I was surprised more because uh, the way that they scored. I mean the the DWZ try, the, the way that they scored that, they obviously can only use one side of, of the field to jump to. But as well, Mensal can't jump. We've yeah, seen well, that exactly. last couple of weeks. <laughs> well. After Kyle felt dunked on him. <laughs> Bro, unless he gets some of those like mics or something, man, he's not jumping he's gonna anymore. He's going to need some of those uh, some of those Back to the Future <laughs> special lace-up shit. I, I, I was surprised, but I also wasn't surprised because there were a lot of instances where, and we keep going on and on about it, but they, the inexperienced halves just made really poor calls. Or they tried to offload the ball and the, the offload just wasn't there. I'm going to stand up for the Penrith halves here if you can believe that. Mm. Nate, Nate Cleary's not 20 yet. Matt Moylan's yeah. had three games at 5'8". No, no. You know, and they, they don't really combine that well yet, but they've had four games together. Mm. You know what I mean? And oh. Moylan's in a completely new new position. Yeah, I know it's all sideways, 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 but I, I'm pretty confident they'll get something together. Probably, maybe not this year, but definitely by the start of next I year think, with an off-season together. I think you're right. I think I misspeak in saying that I, I wasn't surprised that they didn't score as many points as they possibly could have, but it was it was very frustrating to watch, as, as you oh. say, just because they are so young. Yeah. But one thing they did get right in this game, which they hadn't been doing much in the past and they weren't doing early, is that they started building repeat pressures or try to put some kicks in. 
You know, first 15 minutes of the game, again, there was two inside balls in the last tackle, and I thought, here we go again. Yeah. They're not going to kick the ball all day. But at some point, Nathan Cleary put his foot in the ball, and that really built some pressure on Manly, and it led to points as well. And that's it. I mean, I understand some, some teams and coaches have these tactics that you get tackled on the sixth, you know, you don't give a seven-tackle set and have to work it off their line. Yeah, I get that. But when you're struggling to score points, sometimes... Just kick it across the field and see what happens. Well, I'll, I'll back Nathan Cleary's short kicking game every yeah. time. I'll back I, I'd, his game I'm in not, general. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not as high on Moylan's. No, Moylan's but, is a lot to be desired. But Cleary's, Cleary has a really nice touch on the ball. Agreed. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Penrith have a nice little run now. They, they, they should be, you know, in the finals with this run. They should be. We'll see if they get there. But they've got four home games in a row. Really? Against, against some battling teams some as well. Some battling teams, yeah. And uh, Manly, I think... You know that what do they take from this? So they only oh they're missing only Jake Turbo. It's not a fantastic performance. Not at all. Uh, they were missing Nate Miles. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. They've so had him. They've lost. had him for eighteen months and they're missing him. <laughs> <laughs> they've missed him for all eighteen. Yeah. Sean Lane was good. Yeah. He was. I, he's someone like Damian Cook. There's obviously a lot of talent there. There must be something else. He must be lazy at training or had mm. a bust up with Barrett or something because he's way too talented to just. Languish away in reserve grade forever. You know what I mean. I really like him. Lot, like really nice footwork, great skills for a big fella. Yeah, I'd have him in there. I'd have him in there over Frank Winterstein. No dramas. Easy. Oh yeah, Winterstein's not exactly anything spectacular. He re-signed today, Frankie. Yeah, good, good on him. Loves <laughs> it. Wow. There you go. Uh, also, what's the story with Darcy Lossick's elbow? He, he has a he huge. Hurt his, he hurt his elbow. So he's he got put some strapping on. Yeah, it's got a, like a legit Rob Gronkowski elbow guard on, which I find quite impressive. <laughs> got the metal on the outside too. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Just elbowing people in the face and yeah. cutting them open. Uh, anyway, we move on to Melbourne six, Parramatta twenty two at Edwin Flackfield in Melbourne. Uh, wow, this was a fun game to watch. I, I rewatched this today, and I. You right, mate? You're good. Pickles, Get up, me pickle, for taking pickles, pickles photos. Pickle, Jesus, yeah, pickles even... trying to intrude again. Pickles, Jesus. What did you think of um, Sammy's performance today uh, on on Saturday night? Pickles. He loves a Sammy. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> Probably sees one too many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. As I said, uh, this was a hell of a game. I had a hell of a lot of fun watching this. Um, Clint Gutherson is my new god. And is he? <laughs> have you accepted him into your life? <laughs> uh, I remember it was about 18 months ago I slagged him very heavily on the podcast for being just generally a shit football player. And boy, was I wrong. Well, he had a rough start to the year last year yeah. coming in, um, kicking around on the wing. Mm. Particularly that very first game against Brisbane. He had a very unhappy time. But he's, he's been great this year. He really has. I've got to be honest with you. This is embarrassing. I haven't seen this game yet. That's right. I, I taped it and haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So I have no takes for the people. No, you could have just made so things up and we would have believed yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Melbourne played really good. They I were undermanned. My takes can't be built on a house of lies, Mitchell Doyle. <laughs> Mate, we have Matt Bunga on this podcast. People are used to it. My, <laughs> yeah, your take. my takes are okay. built on a house of lies. Well, no. Semi was on fire. He got four, what, broke the line four times. How many How many metres did he end up making? Like Four million. Four million. This is one of those games. He's game actually just run past from this. I game. believe Campo would call if he watches game. He would call the meters fake news. Fake news. They, it, it says only two hundred, but it felt like a lot uh, more. I think in <laughs> I think about thirty minutes into this game, he'd made hundred and sixty meters. Yeah, that he didn't do anything. And then he just chilled out and like just chatted with Sully Vonavalo on the wing for a little bit. And Nathan Brown, we've said it last week. I said it again and again and again. What a find he's been for Parramatta. That workload in the middle again, huge numbers and played eighty minutes and. Just, just a fantastic effort, and Jerome Hughes again in first grade. Just looks like a looks like a first grade footballer. I mean, you're pretty happy if next year you know you've got Billy at fullback and Cam Munster in the halves or whatever. 
But the year after, if Billy goes, is a guy like Jerome Hughes ready to step right into one of those free yeah. spots? At, you know, I'm assuming he's still around then. I mean, they lost Chase Blair in this game and they lost Curtis Scott before kickoff, but looks like Curtis Scott will be the centre for the rest of the season. I think they said Chase Blair's redone his ankle that he had surgery on. Yeah, he had the big pump-up moon boot on. So then that was like straight away came off and put And he was bringing back the uh, tread from Punchy, just like uh, Lindsay Collins from the, from the Roosters too. It is too. not a good look. Well, see... Lindsay Collins's mullet is more like flowing and flapping in the breeze. Yeah. Chase Blair's mullet is more down and dirty. Yeah. Trent from Punchy, Sea Town's finest. Yeah. You feel me? There's not a lot of like he know, is, flow yeah. going on back he, there. It's he, just all very heavy. I mean, the bloke looks like he should be tagging bloody trains in Craigieburn. I mean, to be honest. Well, maybe he does. Maybe, well, maybe, mean, maybe that's really why he's been out of the team a few weeks. I mean, that could be. I mean, that might be. Uh, <laughs> had I know. some big trains to get, get through. <laughs> yeah. I, I know they had. Oh, South- boys, the five forty-five from Reesby. <laughs> Mate, Seeing these, that, it's a these work of V-line art. trains out to Geelong, they are incredible. Just car, just carriage after carriage of fine canvas. I'll be interested to see if they keep Curtis Scott on the right side like they did in that game against Brisbane, because Will Chambers, we've seen he can play both sides. I wonder if that's something they'll play around with a little bit. Yeah, or. They might even... I don't think they will. They went Curtis Scott over him previously. But young Tonopea was decent in this game, so maybe they'll look at him. I doubt it. Scott's been too good when he's filled in. Some of the other guys... Look, Kenny Edwards again played 80 for Martin Ma- uh, Ma'u's absence and was actually less of a nutcase in this how game. Many, how many errors did he make? <laughs> how many errors? Yep. Official ones? <laughs> <laughs> and how many of those were deliberate? Yeah. They, we just start tracking Russells. Every time you rustle yes, somebody... Yes. How, many, how many unnecessary <laughs> offloads did Kenny Edwards throw in this game? I just saw at least three. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you're Parramatta again, it's a free win. It kind of felt like once yeah. Cam Munster was out, the heart and soul, the baby storm, Parramatta should have had this the whole way through. They did, they controlled the game, but they're really starting to click a bit pretty nicely through that spine. Moses had a second good game in a row for them, I thought. I thought he was very good. I know it's obviously against an undermanned team, mm. but I thought he was quite good. I yeah, thought. and you can only beat what's in front of you, yeah. and in the end, Melbourne still make it tough when you go down there, and Mo- Moses was good, Gutherson's always good, and... Corey Norman doesn't have to control as much as he had to last year. Last year he had some really good games, you know, and was looking like a, a, a potential superstar for Parramatta. But now he's got these guys like Gutherson and Moses taking some pressure off him, and they're all clicking quite well. And Cam King isn't amazing, but they haven't really seen a loss that much with him feeling in there, which is not too bad. Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Casey Pritchard, but his role in the team was quite, no, I don't want to say limited, Definitely simple. It was just lead the defence up every time, make all the tackles, shovel the ball out. You know, and while that is a valued part of the team, there are guys out there in New South Wales Cup that can do that. Maybe not as well, but they can they can fill that job, you know? Yeah, and Ken King is one of those gentlemen. <laughs> a gentleman, gentleman and a scholar. Yeah. Cameron King. Uh, I did. I did enjoy Nate Miles' cameo in this game. I know we slagged him, but he he made one first man in tackle, and then the rest of them were all sixth <laughs> or seventh man in. Yeah, he, he worked. He tried to work hard. That's what he's doing now, yeah. Nate. The body doesn't go with him. You can see he's trying bloody hard. Do you think? Do you think Nate sticks around and has to do the Melbourne Storm torture preseason, where they all go live out in the bush for like three or four days? Yes. With no food and no sleep. Only three or four do you, or days. Do you think, or do you think he um, thinks, none of that for me and retires? I would retire. Or, I don't know. Where do they go? I don't know. They go out the back of um, you know some Victorian hellhole. and Ned Kelly country? Yeah. Craig Bellamy gets some, S- some crazy SAS people to <laughs> essentially torture them for three days. And that, that separates like, the men from the boys. That and sounds like a lot of fun. That's something that every single new player at the Storm has to do. Like Jason Riles was 34 when he went down there and yeah. he still had to go do it, you know. And Poor Sam Cassiano, he's not ready. 
I want mm. Sam to work at Melbourne so badly, but it's just got George Rose written all over it. It really does. <laughs> the good thing about Cassiano is that he doesn't need food for a long extended period of time because his body will just start eating away itself. Yeah, well, I um, the year George Rose signed with the Storm was also like the off season. There was when um the Ashes were on, and I went Christ. down for the Boxing Day test. Yeah. And on one of the days of the test, George Rose and his brother are about three rows in front of us. I can see where this story is going. I've never seen a man eat so many pies in his life. <laughs> it was I'm, his own personal contest. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. This is like, you think about it, he's gone to the storm, he's taken it seriously. Georgie boy was not taking it seriously. Hey, George, George had fun. But you know George, what? George enjoyed himself. George did George, that's and that's good. all that matters. That's, good. I, if, that's if, not where I thought it was going, I'll be honest. I fear to think the amount of bourbon and cokes he would have bought if there wasn't a limit on each wow. trip, but he legitimately <laughs> would go to the bar, come back with four bourbon and cokes and two pies every trip. Oh, good that's lord. A, that's a good pie per bourbon and coke ratio. When, by you, the when way. you said I saw George Rose in Melbourne, I thought you were going to say I saw him like under a bridge he hadn't eaten for six <laughs> weeks. Craig Bellamy behind no. him with a whip making him do push ups or something. No, just him eating a lot. So the ashes. Love it. Luckily for Seth, Cassiano might be cancelled this year. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe... He... I don't think Sam's a cricket fan. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't I think, think that's the really... I don't think the game's slow pace for him. Loves Big Bash. I don't think George yeah. was a cricket fan either. Loves Big Bash, no <laughs> doubt. I don't think Sam Cassiano would have the patience to sit there and pre- appreciate a fine 45 off 175 George... balls, you know what I mean? George is more about easy access to pies and bourbon. I feel like that was his well, game. Well, you know what? I can respect that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, having, been to, having been to the MCG very recently, I can confirm that there is access everywhere to those two substances. Yes. Very easily. <laughs> substances. <laughs> pies. <laughs> the, uh, I do like that at the MCG, the, the cafe or the, the bar, food food bar, food place, food store. It's called yeah. the food store. That's there what it's go. called. I it's like just it. called the food but store. Just tell me what it is. Before we can move on, another random George Rose story. <laughs> That's what we, people are here yeah, for. Yeah, I'm here to try George Rose stories all night. This is so good. this one is back when they were accused of, was it pig's blood they were accused of? In Cars, blood. Cars blood. Cars blood. Wow. And um, they uh, George Rose is on TV. And got, I can't remember who you interviewed and they pulled George Rose aside and like, George, have you heard about yada, yada, yada? You know, are you on anything? And George thinks and doesn't... Not unless they're putting anything in KFC. <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Okay. Who is the greatest rugby league fat man of the 21st century? Is it Mark Riddell or George Rose? Does oh, Mark Tukey count? Did he make yes. it? He count? Yes, mm. he does. It's a three-man race now. I, I feel like because George Rose was like mm. really after his time. Yeah. <laughs> like He was really after the fat man in league was allowed to be a thing anymore. I think he's the best one. And because he actually was really good at Manly for like three years. Yeah, see, I think it's the pig. The pig? Yeah, I, think I, it's the I pig. was going to say, yeah. Riddell, Riddell also after NRL smashing people um, is, is good. Uh, but yeah, I Could don't think... Could he still outrun Adam Reynolds now? Yeah, the, uh, the, the pig's as quick as he needs to be. Yeah. The, the pig's deadly over 20. <laughs> I, I don't think George Rose got into a stand and cheered himself. So no, no. Pig, pig for me. Pig yeah, for if me. they do hurdles... The pig's got it. <laughs> One hurdle and then sit <laughs> yeah. down for a little bit. But yeah, oh, Mark Riddell could not get away with that goal kicking these days either. No, the, no, uh, the, the, very, the PC crowd would very not like PC. One Twitter screenshot and he'd be accused of being a KKK member yeah. and be on Fox oh. News in America. Oh, Deadspin, Deadspin are tearing to pieces. <laughs> yeah. Although he could get a gig, he could get a gig in Queensland. I mean, they're, they're big <laughs> yeah. up there. The old... I, tell, I tell you what, man. Mark Riddell, the greatest rugby league fat man moment of the 21st century is that penalty that he kicks against Brisbane in 03 from about 40... From about 45 metres out on the sideline mm. for a Dragons team that was absolute rat shit, giving up 18 and a half start. Siren gone, down by one, 40 out. The pig says he can kick it, and he fucking well kicked it. Uh, yeah. Do we want to go to a man who can't kick from that far out? 
Oh, this this poor bastard. <laughs> let's, let's not start there. We'll get there. We'll get there. This story's got a long way to go. This game was like, I'll be honest with you, I was happy that the Knights were going to win, but it was really trash until like the last 10. Yep. And then like 48 things happened. Alrighty, Canterbury, Bankstown 20, Newcastle 18 at the spiritual home of rugby league if you are in the Canterbury region, Belmore Sports Ground. Um, this could be, this is like, you know, Bambi's mum. Okay, so are we going to dissect all this chronologically? We'll start at the let's, start. Yeah, let's go st- okay. start at the start. For the first 65, or for the first half even, I have no idea how Canterbury only put up six points. Yep. I got no idea. Like... They, every time they spread the ball right, the Knights were shorter numbers and they were flying down the field. I am inspired that Chase Stanley still plays first grade rugby league, but man, like if you're getting that much clean ball and you're getting that much space, you've got to do more with it. Mm. Branko really would have do. scored 17. Yeah, Branko would have broken records. Frank yeah. Burgess' record would have been in jeopardy, <laughs> possibly by half time. Yeah, they got so much quick ball and made a good seven metres every time we got a little bit of the chase. There was so much clean ball and space shown to him and he couldn't put a clean pair of heels on or get around the outside at all. And as you said, respectable that he's still playing rugby league, but it can't be much more than just teaching Branko a lesson for him to be there. It's got to be. It's got to be at some point. But it's more than that as well. There's a time in the first half, Josh Reynolds went to the line, drew two blokes, popped an offload to Aonda Tolman. I have no idea how he didn't end up scoring a try. It was a great tackle from Rossi. But I think it's if it's maybe any other player in the Canterbury team, they find a way to get that ball down. Josh Morris dropping the ball over the line. Will Hopawati, his passing just absolutely deserting him. You know, it was it was the the net like the Bulldogs attack has gone right down to the nether regions this year, like the nether regions of rugby league intelligence and spark, <laughs> and they somehow found a way to get even lower. They did. Incredible. They really did. They're, they're breaking they're breaking all the barriers. Yeah. Um there, there is a you know, there is a there's a theory that if you argue with somebody who is much stupider than you, do you go down to their level? And yeah. I guess this is proof of that. What, this podcast? Or? Well, yeah. That's this game. Ge- that most weeks. happens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so too. you'll notice that the level has come up a lot. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, as you say, I mean, just a, a team, a, the Bulldogs, we, we slag them every week. I was loath not to tip them this week, uh, though obviously I would have been right if I had have tipped them. But they just... G- g- Leave me completely uninspired every every week, and well, st- still they somehow get free TV games, but they just it it's like watching paint dry. I think we said it last week. They just need an off season. Yeah. They need this season to end and start again. But having said that, in the second half for the first thirty minutes, I thought the Knights were excellent. Mm. It was the best footy the Knights have played probably since that win over Canberra. No, well, no, def- fifteen minutes to the first Dragons half against the Dragons. Oh, yeah. see, I tried to block that out because it was just so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they were they went really well. Peter Matadia had maybe his best first his best game in first grade ever. Trent mm. Hodkinson had his best game since leaving the Bulldogs, yep. definitely. Um, but as soon as Montoya scored that try, did you guys start to think, "Wow, this is inevitable." The Knights are going to find a way to blow. I this. thought yeah. even before that try it was inevitable. Just I know it's just, again it's an eight point lead, but God, this team, yep. I just can't. I just can't. I haven't got faith in until the full time whistle's blown. Like it's not even. I don't know what it is. It's not even just them. There's something about how this team just finds ways to lose games. Not even intentionally. Like this, the lamb kick here, the Rapana miss field goal last week. Those are two of the most bizarre finishes to a game I've seen in my entire life. And it happened to the same team within a year of each other. Within thirty games. Whereas I've not seen two losses like that ever before. This lamb charge down and that Rapana kick. Just something with. This team's cursed. What makes <laughs> what makes me feel that, really bad yeah. about that first Brock Lamb miss kick mm. is that that's the right option. He was yeah. doing the right thing. He just mm. didn't execute it properly. 
Yeah, and Moses and Bynil was coming and, yeah, and launched just read himself. read it like a book. And, yeah. and the, the, you know, that ball, what are the likelihood of bounces like that? Yeah. You know, one in a hundred, it bounced perfectly, perfectly for, for him. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was something else. And then we have the kick. This could be the, the worst kick in rugby league history. <sighs> Mate, there's just so many things to dissect with this, but... Okay, for split, well, let's start at the start. Mm-hmm. The penalty from Josh Reynolds is absolutely moronic. Like, okay, it, so even I love Josh Reynolds. It's moronic even for him. Now, if 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 Lamb kicks this goal, that is drop it like it's hunt for the rest of time. Yeah, we'd have to. You'd have to rename the segment. Yeah, uh, but even though drop it like it's hunt was in a grand final, Mitchell. Yeah, I didn't know that. Kemo. Thank <laughs> oh, you. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we're sharing. I'm things glad like you that, come man. on to tell it, inform me of these things. Yeah, well, with your, you know, with your large knowledge of grand finals. And... Someone, someone's got, someone's <laughs> yeah. got to bring the knowledge. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, the Reynolds played stupid, but I mean, Trent Hawkinson couldn't have looked for a hole faster. He's he's got to take that kick. Yeah. I don't care how how cooked his knees are. Yeah, I think and, watching and it back, he he turns around to look for somebody to give the ball to. Yeah, mate, which, like, which mate. I can't, which I can't believe because there was a time there where he was really good in late game situations. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I did the numbers for a yarn I did today. I think he's had something like six or seven game-winning field goals in his career. Mm. I'd wager that he has the same amount of either tying or winning kicks from out wide. It was his bread and butter for the Bulldogs. He wasn't really a special was. player, but it, those were his moments. It really was. He wasn't He wasn't afraid of it. And he said after the game, oh, I probably should have taken it, but Brock Lamb, you know, he just, he's got the bigger boot, obviously. And it's like, I don't know if that's obviously, Trent. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and... And then for Brock Lamb to have to take that kick after just pretty just, much giving yeah, the game to the, the Bulldogs, and he's on a team that doesn't win often, so his confidence is already low, and he's only a young fella, and it's a big pressure situation, and he's never been in a situation like that before. I, I, I'm not shocked that he missed it, but I'm shocked that he missed it the way he missed it. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I put the video up of how he usually kicks compared to that. And that was a great video. Mm. First, Firstly, he got given the wrong tee, and having speak, spoken to someone at the club... The kid was shitting himself so much he didn't even want to go. Didn't want to waste a minute to get his the right tee. He was like, "I'll just take it with this tee." Puts yeah. that tee down, and he lines it up normally like he usually does. But you can just he's tight the whole way through, yeah. and where he finishes up, you can see his nerves got the best of him. His head's not over the ball. His his body isn't through the ball. He's, he ends up facing near the corner post where he shanks it to. Yeah. But the kid just wasn't ready for the moment, as as you said, and. Trent Hodkinson has gone up there and has been a disappointment for the Knights. Well, Trent Hodkinson went up there to be this guy, to be the experienced halves partner to when there is a situation on the line, you can throw it to him and he'll do some stuff. And it hasn't worked out like that at all. It's been a disaster. But But at the same time, this is the exact situation they brought him up for. This is why he's here in the first place. I don't care if your knees are shot. I don't care if you don't think you have the length. You are taking this kick, Trent. That's what we pay you for. Exactly right. And, I mean, you look at Trent in that situation. You're in 700K a year. You're just back in your side. You're supposed to be a leader. And your hard partner, your mate you're supposed to be mentoring, whatever, just had one, probably one of the worst moments of his career, the worst feeling he might have had in his career. Yeah. Kick charge, kick charge down. And instead of stepping up and going, you know what? I'm here to do this. If I miss this, it doesn't mean anything with Trent Hawkinson. I'm getting paid this year and next year. I'm done either way. Yeah. But it means a lot for Brock Lamb missing that bloody kick. Yeah. And, it, and it's going to mean a lot for Brock Lamb. I don't know how he, fe- how he feels now, but I, what I heard is pretty dark place after the game. Oh, as, 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 you would be. Would be. as you would mm. be. And oh, Sorry, I, lost, I completely lost my yeah. train of thought. Right. Trent Hodkinson did. Oh, yeah, here we go. Hodkinson, as I said before, he'd had his best game for the club mm. to that point. You're like, going to do it then when are you, you going to do thought, it? You would have thought, man, I'm feeling it, man. I'm killing it today, man. It's, t- it's 2014, Hodko is back. Mm. Brock, you're feeling down. Don't worry. Trent's going to step up and do it. And 
yeah, and probably, I was really I was really disappointed. I've yeah. got to be honest with you. Well, yeah. for for a long time when they were playing together earlier in the year and last year, Hawkinson had an issue of shirking responsibility and giving it to Brock Lamb. And again, he did it at the back end of this game when Lamb was back in control for the end of it. And then he handed a kick to him. And just, that's not what you want from the experienced half no. of that situation. And you feel for Brock Lamb. And I don't know what that's done to him from here. But the way he was copying it as if he'd lost in the game. And, you know, potentially, well, I guess he didn't lose in the game. He lost the opportunity to get back into it there. Yeah. But, I mean, that kid, where is he now? I, fe- I, felt, very, <laughs> I felt very sorry for him. Yeah. I'm very sorry. And, I, I, and the yeah. thing is, he's actually a great goal kicker. He's on, on accuracy wise, like when like they play, 90%, yeah. 85%, 90%. So he ki- like his NYC career is like 89%, and yeah. his first grade is like 86 or something. And he's only behind, I think, Thurston and Reynolds in the last three years in accuracy. Oh, no, and Jermaine Asako, but it doesn't count. He's a reserve grader. But, you know, for first grade kickers, behind those yeah. guys, it's, that's it. And he didn't, he, and, uh, you know, but that's it. doesn't matter. The situation game, wasn't there right. There was a game they had earlier this year against Souths at mm. home, and they scored a try to. They were down by 10, and they. Oh, no, they were, sorry, they were down by 12, and they scored a try to get within um, get within six. But they had to get it to have the chance of forcing goal and point. And it was on his bad side, looking into the sun, massive crowd, and he buried it. It was his first kick of the day because Hodkinson had gone off injured, and he fucking buried it. Yep. He has the confidence. And he has the ability to kick these goals. But the situation was just all wrong. And yeah. it's just dis- disappointing from Hoggerson. Just confirmation of how, how far he's kind of slipped. You're right. Well, I mean, that's, it's not a picture of what the man is with Brock Lamb because he's actually stepped up all year and all last two years. And it's in a losing side, but he's generally a guy not afraid in those moments. And he just got put in the wrong situation here. And it, and it wasn't to me like he threw the ball to him and went, come on, you can do this. No, well, that's the thing. Lamb didn't put like, his hand up. It was he just should, like, here's the ball. But he didn't put the hand up. That, yeah. That's the thing. If you don't want to take the kick, you shouldn't be taking yeah, that kick. And, yeah, exactly. And if Hodkinson doesn't want it and B. Lamb is battling, throw it to Peter Matadia. Throw it to whoever. Throw Someone. it to anyone who's going to give it a whack. You know? yeah. Just smash it towards the post somebody yeah, else. Give me that's something. Yeah. All right, so, and then the final thing, mm-hmm. Reynolds getting che- chaired off the field by the Belmore faithful. Now, this surprised you and I got home and, and we spoke about it in that I'm a cynical man, but I liked it. I loved it. Like mm. I, I understand people think it was over the top, and if I was, it, it was slightly over the top. But I liked it because it is so rare in the mod, modern rugby league that we get a player leaving a club, you know, under the age of thirty or so. Like when a guy leaves your club at thirty three, whatever thirty two, you always celebrate them because they're a club legend moving on for one or two years. But yep. it's so rare we get a player leaving in the situation who gets adulation from his current fans. Most of the time, they end up getting booed the year after. And I thought it was a great scene. I understand that it's yeah, a little over the top, but the way the fans, Matt, did it, they bro- broke onto the field, they picked yeah. up their man, they had their moment, and Reynolds got his send-off. I don't give a fuck any played 150-odd games. I don't give a fuck what anyone... All the, all the opinions people say, oh, he hasn't won shit. He got them to two grand finals. He's, he's won an Origin Series. He put in every single minute for that club on and off the field. He's yeah. been a great club man for them. He didn't want to leave, and he got good money and had to go... But I thought it was just you know that was it. It was a fantastic message. I thought it was, great, man. I thought it was, it was yep. just a, it was a fan base that loved a, that loved a player, and a player who loved a fan base, and both parties meant a lot to each other. It mean it means a lot to Josh Reynolds that he gets to play for Canterbury. He really really loves it, and he loves it in a in a very pure way, very simple way that I, I think a lot some footy players lose sometimes. Mm. You know, and you could see when the fans were mobbing him and the boys come and put him on their shoulders and all that, and they took him off the field. And they, he went down to his mum. You could see he was nearly crying. You know, I thought it was a, a really beautiful moment. And people say, oh, they only beat the Knights. They go up from 12th to 11th. Yeah, like, but it that, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, it, it man. Does, it wouldn't matter if they lost against the Knights. That's the I, thing. I, I, I think it would have mattered if yeah. they lost oh. against the Knights. I actually think the circumstances of true, the win true. 
contributed. He gave away contrib- the penalty yeah, that won them the, the game. I think the, <laughs> I think the circumstances of the win contributed to true, the moment true. itself. But yeah. yeah, man, like it's so easy to be cynical and cranky about rugby league. This is just a really nice moment. I, I really liked it. I look forward to the Bulldogs copying a massive fine from the NRL for the fans <laughs> getting on the pitch. And we're all about we're all about pitch invasions on this podcast. At least I am. <laughs> yeah, but it was great. I mean. I guess get it was over the top, but I'm much more lean towards this side to what many other players get when they leave the club, which is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. They don't get a moment, and they next year they're yeah. another team's jersey, and they boo you. And you know what, fans, you have the right to boo former players. Whatever, it's part of the theatre. Yep, absolutely, most of the time. But there's, there is certain situations like this that the player can leave on good terms, and you can be happy about it, and both parties can be happy. And, and the interesting thing is, if, if to me is if you compare this situation with with Reynolds to Farah last year who was loved by the fans, obviously he'd won them a premiership, but it, the relationship with the club had soured so much and he'd moved on kind of under ac- acrimonious circumstances and he wasn't necessarily allowed, uh, not necessarily his time in the sun because, I mean, he's, he took his time in the sun. but <laughs> He did. But, like, there wasn't the kind of mutual... It wasn't fe- given to him. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't a mutual feeling between... Like, I think the Bulldogs were fine with, with letting Reynolds go, you know, that the kind of concept of if you love them, set them free. Like, he, he had to leave. Whereas with Farah, he didn't necessarily have to go under the same circumstances. That well, was more I, of a think, I think the difference with Farah is that he had tried so hard yeah. to stay so many times and he'd sort of really fought and clawed and really gotten the club offside with his yeah. efforts to stay and the feud with Jason Taylor and all yeah. that. I think there's a lot more extenuating circumstances. This The Reynolds one is much simpler. He yeah. wanted to stay, but the Tigers offered more and the Bulldogs couldn't match it, so he left. Yeah, as you and say, he, it, it, it is a lot you know, more It's a lot more, it's a lot more streamlined. It is. And, you know, the Bulldogs themselves, the fans, get to say goodbye, but they also got a better player to replace him. So it's kind of one of those things. It's a unique situation where all parties should be happy yeah. and they separate. It's a clean, nice break and... You know, Farrow and those guys, all those Tigers guys have dragged that te- club's name through the mud on their way out. Yeah. So I get why those guys... Yeah, all the, the divorces treatment. were very, very messy. Mm. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Aversi and Manifan guy won't leave this year. Might be the one, one of the very few there that gets a happy send-off. Yeah, that might be it. Because he sent a message to the fans when he left and yep. never said a bad word about them. But he's also a much smaller profile player. Yeah. And one thing before we move on again, Josh Reynolds, we've spoken about him a lot and a lot and a lot. But, I mean, I don't know how you people... I don't like him as a as a... Sorry, as a, a fan myself, as a footballer, but if he's on my club, you got you got to love that player. Yeah, Every inch of him, a guy's made so much out of such little talent, and in a position I think that I, is, I think I said it to you on Sunday. He's the player that's gone the furthest with the least. Yeah, he has in a you position I mean? that's so focused on how good you are at football. Honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. it's the most talented players play seven and six. It's and a he cliche. It. He literally gets by on grit and moxie. Yeah, he and, does. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It, but he does. It, it, you know, he hasn't got many tricks in his bag. He just runs around with his head off. He hasn't can't set any set plays up. All that kind of shit. But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter for who Josh Reynolds is. And the Tigers are going to love every bit of him next he, year because they haven't is, had a player like that for a while. I was going to say he is a perfect fit for both that fan base and that club. I would love to see him and Tedesco play <laughs> together. Those two headless chooks going nuts. <laughs> it's unfortunately robbed of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe you could get an early release. You never know. Teddy, <laughs> go back. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that so much. <laughs> God, okay. that's 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 close to like rugby league fantasy. Okay, so we should move on to the the, the game tomorrow. I uh, don't think the biggest a... game in rugby league history, Mitch Doyle. The, the biggest game of all time. All I think time. this is this is like bigger than all sport previous to this combined. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. game three, of Origin, uh, up at Lang Park, Queensland, New South Wales. You know the deal. We do. 
New South Wales are favourites, which kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, just logging onto League Live, uh, this has been billed as the biggest ever. That's about it. Is that that's all there again? That's all it says. It is, it's it's a it. weird mix of being the biggest ever, but also never hearing about this game. Like this is the, the quietest build up, decider. The build-up has been a little bit flat. And Webster wrote a fantastic article on this today, and it's not just that one issue, but it's been nothing. There's no interviews of players going up to this game. There's been almost radio silence from inside the camps in this last week for this, and it's really hard to get excited for a game when you're not hearing anything from anybody playing on the bloody thing. Mm. It, well, I, I do think... I, I thought Webster's article was great and spot on yeah, um, in a lot of areas, but I do think part of the reason it's been so quiet is because Thurston's not there. Oh, definitely. Like it was it was all set, it was all set up. You know, I thought I thought at the very least we'd get the Thurston. But he's been named again. Willie won't he? Like I thought at the very least we'd get all that. But not two days after they said no, nah, he's he's done. We knew the teams a couple of days before they were announced. The only sort of question mark was um, Morgan or Munster for Queensland. And for the Blues, it was the Cordner and, and the fitner of, of Cordner and Frizzell. Yep. They both ended up being cleared. You know, I it's been a flat build-up from a sort of a, a roster standpoint. Um, and I, I understand why the teams are sort of bunkered down and not offered as much to the media because I think they're terrified of motivating the other team and they're terrified of creating any distractions. But at the same time, it, it has been a bit flat, you know. It's... It's just been all about the football, which I love. I love when it's all about the footy, but that doesn't build the buzz mm. amongst yeah. amongst the, the mug punters, you know? It's and weird. I was so much more hyped for game two than I am for this one. I don't know what it is. It might be Thurston coming back and playing because Thurston brings everything. And You see that tribute from NRL? Oh, I did. Out. I thought it was wonderful. Mate, fantastic. And I mean, there wasn't any words from JT in there, but you just saw in, in two and a half minutes, you saw just all the moments he brought to the, the Queensland origin side and the state over that 10 years, and it's going to be unfortunate that we're never going to see that again. Well, I think um, kicking off the broadcast a half hour early, that going at starting at 7 o'clock instead of 7.30, yep. to get a tribute to Thurston in. So I think if everyone tunes in and watches that, that'll get you... a half you. hour of Thurston. I don't, I don't think the entire half hour no. is going to be of Thurston, but it'll be Thurston heavy. Mm. Yeah, Tune in for that, because, you know, for all the nine's faults, they can do a montage. Yeah, and mm. One thing with those montages like that, the one there from him, the one great thing, I know Rabs is losing it, but when you see a full origin montage and everything is raps, yeah, God, it's perfect. Yeah. And when you watch other montages from NRL rounds, there's 15 different commentators, all that kind yeah. of stuff. But when it's just raps, just raps, and like when it's a bit older raps, like peak yeah. raps, you know what I mean? Raps like, can do the moments. Oh, can he ever? He's yeah. st- he's still got his fastball too. He can only find it once every few weeks. Yeah, but he can do the moments. But mate, still. every now and then he uncorks just some <laughs> absolute ripper. Please, please find the fountain of youth, Rabs. I miss young Rabs. Yeah, that's funny. I watch, I've been watching lots of Origin, obviously. There was one guy he'd never had anything to say about, and it was a weird one. Darius Boyd, he could not say a thing about him other than Darius Boyd, and he'd say Darius Boyd again, and that's every Darius Boyd. He'd try it. Go, go, oh, it's out to Darius Boyd. Darius Boyd, it's number <laughs> 11 for him. And that's the same thing he says for like 10 of the tries in a row. He just... Not a big Darius Boyd fan. <laughs> Maybe he just thought the numbers spoke for himself. They might have, yeah. but you know. Whereas guys like Thurston, all those guys, just spins, great tales, same with English. <laughs> the gra- the great thing with Thurston was early in his origin career when he tried to make John Thurston a thing. <laughs> Johnny Thurston. Yeah. It didn't take. Cameron <laughs> Smith for a year, remember that? <laughs> Cameron Smith, please. Johnny Thurston. Johnny Thurston, that's... That's great. It, it sounds wrong, doesn't That's it? Thirsty Johnny. <laughs> if you can get that on like a, a on a trading card, <laughs> that is going to be worth a lot of money one day. I'll tell you what, I'm loving the villain Josh McGuire's becoming too. Oh, look, 
They're loving it. I know I know a lot of people have had fun on Twitter about that yarn that came out about him today. I, I can't see any humour in it. I think it's just a scummy thing to do. Uh, I believe in PNG to shake your shorts at someone as a sign of respect at the window. No, I can't even, I can't even joke about <laughs> can't it. Joke about it. Yeah, no, Mate, it's such a... Is that the real story? Yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I got no reason to... Who's, Bulldog said it, didn't he? Yeah. I got no reason to doubt him. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? If he, if he says it happened, I'll believe him. If he said that happened, I understand why Maguire only had one game for Australia for those kind yeah. of things. How he acts off the field. That's just it. But I'm not. Talk- I'm not enjoying. Like I don't want to ignore that. But I'm enjoying the villain he's playing. The pantomime villain he's playing with the blue squad. Oh, you yeah, swear it. Swear him out on. Swear at him yeah. on the field. You know, call him whatever you want. Like but, I, I don't have a problem with that. Man, that's yeah. just part of footy. But you yeah. know, taunting Poor kids in a third world it. country. Not great. Like meeting them, meeting him is like meeting a mythical creature. Mm. You know, mm. and he just treats him like shit. I, 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 I can't even joke about it. I there has to be more to that story. There has to be. Oh, like what? The kids provoked him? No, 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 no. Like surely at some point he stops taunting them. <laughs> like, it's like when you know you do the thing when you, you got to make getting in the car and you drive away. You don't do that mean, fifty-seven times in a row. You do it all the time. I, right? I, I, yeah, I, but I'd do that fifty-seven do times. You wouldn't do it for like six kilometers. You know, what I'm saying? Would, like wouldn't it, you? I would. I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surely at some point the pants are handed over. I, I I don't think they were. Yeah, it's a dick move then. Anyway, I don't want to, don't want to focus on the, 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 the dick moves. Well, let's, let's, let's focus. Let's focus. Let's focus on the game. Let's focus on the game itself. Say, I was enjoying him getting a villain on, on the game itself. Um, going to be interesting again. Fafita's obviously going to be fired up, but it's all become about shutting him down. All of a sudden, isn't that a strange thing? Shutting a prop mm. down has become the narrative for an origin series, but I guess that's how keys become in, in, in how the blues perform off the back of that. Well, I thought they did a great job on, um, on, you know, slowing him down at least in origin too. Like you go back and watch the tape. Every time he runs the ball, Josh Maguire's running in and taking him around the legs. And then the cavalry comes in to tip him over that. I thought that frustrated for feeder. And then he started going sideways. And once he starts going sideways, he's much, much easier to handle. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And also just rushing out of the line in general to, to try and stop him. If, if if you can get that five metres on him before he can start making yeah. metres through the advantage Really line. aggressive line speed, yeah. that's the key. And and ju- I noticed it just with him, and teams have started doing it in club footy now as well. I mean, the, there have been a few a few clubs that I've seen in the, in the weeks after Origin who have tried to just get up into his face as soon yeah. as possible and make him go sideways. It sounds simplistic, but if you really rush up on someone, it's, it's still really effective, yeah. you know? But the the thing is, I've seen a lot of people tipping New South Wales, and I know Dale Roots has just said that they are the favourites. I I don't I can't see why, to be honest with you. I feel like Queensland have a lot of improvement in them just from game two. Yeah. And I don't know if the Blues can. The Blues can be really really great if their forwards dominate like they did in game one. But that's not a guarantee, you know. And, yeah, and the- if the game is close in the last twenty, even though Queensland have a debutant in there in Munster. Who are you leaning towards? You're not leaning towards the Blues because we've never seen them do it. Or we've yeah. never seen this current iteration of the Blues do it. Mm. No, and I, I get what you're saying there. But also, this is the Queensland side now. You look back and further, it just, you know, no Boyd, no no Parker from last year, obviously. No Scott, no Thurston. It, it starts to build up. And, you know, now you've got Morgan, who I, I have faith in him doing that position. But you've got Morgan out of position there. You've got Cam Munster, who's only like 10th game at 5-8, playing at Norwich. No, those things count. Oh, they, they definitely count. They definitely count, but like Munster's tenth game of five eight, yeah. But he's playing with his three well, club teammates and another club make, teammate yeah. with um, with Willie Chambers. Yeah. Oh, it was I mean? the right call putting him there to yeah. me, definitely. And you know, he's the way he plays, an aggressive guy. He'll probably fit into the arena perfectly, absolutely, and, and do a good job there. And 
You're right, if it comes down to the last 20 minutes, I'm leaning towards Queensland. But if any team's going to get away in this game, the Blues will be the one to do it to me. I think if I don't think they will get away, but if one team's going to get on top, it'll be that Blues pack, and they'll play through the ruck, and they'll play straight, and they'll, they'll, go, they'll cut through the Queensland, and that'll be how they win that football game. But I guess the problem with the Blues is that they've kind of got two or three tricks, and the Queensland now know what they are. Yeah. And Queensland, you've, got a bit more, you've always got more on your barrel when you've got Cronk, Slater, Smith. You just always do. You've got, you've well, got a lot of tricks. Well, that's the thing as well. Cronk and Smith have struggled this series, and the two games they had, the two games they played, were among the worst they've played at Origin level. I don't think you can bank on that happening a third time, especially with Thurston out in at a decider up at Suncorp with all the emotion of the situation. No. I'm expecting those two to have absolute monsters, and I'm mm. expecting Slater to have another, another monster game as well. Yeah, well, even with that last loss in game one, Queensland have won eight of the last ten at Suncorp for a reason, and it's because not just only is it obviously the home atmosphere, it's because their team really suits playing on that deck, and Cam Smith and Cooper Cronk have always loved playing at Suncorp. And they they know the field, they know the quick the quick deck, and we've got that lighter pack. And if they, if you know if they can get on top in that regard, play some quick play of the balls, and Glasby can do what he's supposed to do off the bench. Not his last set, you know, get on the field and keep the pace going to the middle. Queensland can get on the top in, in that regard with a smaller side but quicker football. I'll be interested to see if they play Jared Wallace for only twenty minutes again. Got to play longer, surely. He, he has to. I I can't understand why he wouldn't. You know, I feel like you can play him and Napa and Maguire. You can play all three of them for big minutes. Napa and Maguire probably more so than Wallace, but you can get a lot of good footy out of the three of them, not just out of the two of them. Oh, yeah. And that can really help, you know, give you a bit of a push in those early stages, and then you can bring on Hess and Papali and Glasby and try and sort of, like, you know, work a few things around. Yeah, God, I, please do not have that middle being <laughs> Glasby, Papali and Ben Hunt. Oh, God. <laughs> they did that 10 minutes and, or 20 minutes in game one. Where and nearly cost them the game. Two, almost, almost cost them the game. Cohen Hess has got to come on that period, I believe, to me, if they're doing that rotation. I have heard as well that from game two, they're always going to let Hess find his feet away, but it's Suncorp he's going to play a bigger role in this yeah, game. Yeah, it so wouldn't play shock more me. Minutes. He'll play more minutes and get around a bit more. It's an unfortunate he's not working with Thurston. Same with Gavin Cooper. Unfortunately, he's not working with his guy who knows how to use him well, but you know, Ken Smith and Cooper Cronk will find a way to use Cohen yeah, Hess. Yeah, absolutely. And Hess has played a couple of games in the middle for North Queensland now, off the back, off the back of game two, so he'll be more comfortable in that role as well. So he plays a key role for Queensland off the bench. But, yeah, funny, we're sitting here talking about it. I'm getting more keen for this game than I was 30 minutes ago. Oh, this is, this <laughs> is actually more media coverage than the game's had for, <laughs> yeah. for the last week. Dale, I was late getting here from work. I can assure you there is bulk media coverage happening <laughs> of yeah. this rugby league game. Well, let's go, let's go real quick. Yeah. Give me a score... And a man of the match and a dud of the match. Mitchell okay. first. Score. I'm going to go 18 to 10, Queensland. Mm-hmm. Uh, man of the match. I'm going Michael Morgan. Wow. That is an outside the box choice. Just, just for some fun. Just for, some, just for funsies. I, just because it's... They haven't got much on him at centres, and he'll be able to use flick passes around there, see what happens. Get the, only, the only two centres in the last few years that have gotten Man of the Match awards, Greg Inglis has got, I think, one, mm. and Michael Jennings has got one that he shouldn't have gotten. Well, mate, yeah, you know, so you know, it's a bold call. Morgan's not getting it. I'm just trying to say Morgan's going to play well. <laughs> <laughs> we know Morgan's not getting it. And what was the last one? Worst play? Worst play. Worst play. Give, me a, the give me a dud. You know what I'm going to say. I don't want to say it. I don't want to get, I don't want people you to know, Get get the thing to get, say it for you. Get your drop ready. Get your drop ready. Yeah, get your drop ready. I'll say James Maloney. There we go. Ah. Ooh, wow. There you go. Dale Roots? Uh, I think it's going to be 18-13. 13. Whoa. 
Field goal before half time I or think, a winning try? I think there'll be a field goal to take it uh, to try and win the game and then a try after that. Oh, I, love the, I love the specificity. If that, who win, who's winning? I think New South Wales will win. Oh, wow. So, so they fail to kick the field goal. Queensland kick the field goal. Then the Blues steal. So is it, is it, is it mm. a cronk field goal with two to go, then a Blues short kickoff? Re-gather? Possibly, possibly. Maybe not even with two to go. Maybe with a little bit longer to get the ball back, make an error. Somebody mm. drops the ball doing something dumb. Who scores the winner? Uh, for feeder. Up the gut? Possibly. You Not on the edge. You can't give me all these he specific the predictions. Off. He goes and then all the way. <laughs> no, you know what happens. You know what happens. Dragging them behind no, him like no, a rag here's doll. What, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be 75 minutes down. Queensland up 13-12. Mm. Kronk goes for a big cutout pass, and it's intercepted by Josh Jackson. It's intercepted by Luke takes, Lewis. But he takes the mask off, and he's been Luke Lewis the whole time. <laughs> and he goes. He, Luke Lewis. He goes the length, scores. Suncorp falls to the ground. <laughs> Luke Lewis is the champion of the people. That's going to happen. Yeah. He comes out and he says, this is the man with the codes. The only man who can save you all. <laughs> I don't understand that reference. It's Bane. It's not... oh, God, Sorry. help me. Your, ba- your Bane voice needs work. Yeah, it, it does. does. It was almost a Bane Yoda. Yeah, Bane yeah, Yoda. Yeah, my, I, apologies. I, thought, I, my apologies. I don't remember that from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, yeah. Actually, I mean, if Luke Lewis had been named in the squad, I would have said probably 40-0. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go Queensland 16-8. Mm-hmm. Billy Slater, man of the match. And, you know, I'm like Mitch. You know who my dad's going to be. <laughs> I, just, I, can't, I can't believe in him. How can, how can I believe that this time will be different to the other times? Yeah. We've all been hurt before. We have. We have. You know, and it's hard to love again. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, one thing Queen's got to do, if, if Josh Maguire isn't trying to pull that boy corner's calf off the bone... <laughs> Hack the bone! Hack the bone! Very disappointed if he's not trying to pull it off. If if he's not in tackles punching the bottom of his leg... I want to see wrong. him pull like one of those corkscrew bob openers out of his sock. I, it's truly I, actually think, I actually think it's a really big risk playing Cordner. I wouldn't be playing. It. He's a he's a, a fabulous footballer and the, yep. and the leader of the t- and the the leader of the team, without question. But calves, man, calves are easy to re-injure, and he's right on the precipice. He's right on the brink of being right to play. Yeah. I think if it was a club game, he wouldn't play for another no. week or two well, without I, a doubt. I think somebody said online that if he he should be waiting another three weeks. Yeah. Did NRL Physio say that? Because he's the only man I trust. Yeah, could have been. Could have been him. <laughs> so I, I actually follow uh, NRL Alternative Medicine. <laughs> <laughs> they pre- they prescribed uh, eighteen weeks <laughs> yeah, and lots yeah. of water. Yeah. It was interesting. Some ginseng. <laughs> ginseng. So ginseng root. I, I think Wade Graham's going to have to be prepared to play big minutes, and that could um, mess up the back the weird back row rotation. Well, he was that Laurie Daly's been running with. He's got something to make up for after game two. He was pretty poor in game two, and so does Jared Hayne. But I guess Jared Hayne's already got the run the ball in origin anyway. But yeah, Wade Graham be looking for a bit of a redemption game. If, if Cordner gets injured in the warm-up, let's just say, what do you do? I think you just have to throw Wade Graham straight in, yep. starting play Jackson and Graham on those edges for 80 minutes, yep. and have Frizzell play in the middle. So you reckon if Frizzell would go middle then, you reckon I, I think I think he'd have to because they don't have another edge back rower in the squad. And then who's the who's the 18th? It's, it's DeBellin. DeBellin, and he'd, then he'd effectively go to lock. He'd, go on the uh, bench. he'd come in on the bench. On the bench, and he'd be your, yeah, but your he, spare. But I think he'd only get about 10. Yep. Odd minutes, 10, But they'd be 15. the best-looking 10 minutes. They'd be a very attractive 10 minutes. They'd be minutes. some good sideways passes. Very handsome 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, very very well strapping minutes. 10 minutes. Barbered, well barbered. 
Yeah. Very dapper 10 minutes. <laughs> but this this might also be finally the end of the era, in quotations, of that Queensland side too. I mean, yeah. it's pretty falling apart now, And but Cooper Cronk's likely gone after this. Thurston's gone. Mm. Cam and Spilly will remain, but that greatness doesn't cover four positions anymore from, no. from this year onwards. So soak it up while you can, Queensland fans, because there's some hard times coming. Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have me of questions. Uh, question time. Who are the questions? First one from Matt Mario Siegs. Best facial hair ever in rugby league and worst ever. Brad Myers is the best. The best ever? I love the lumberjack look. Yep. yep. The worst ever is another redhead, Nathan Green. Oh. Someone told me I looked like Nathan Green once. It was the worst day of my <laughs> life. Good answer. Other, uh, other footy players I've been told I look like, Simon Wolford. That's a weird one. Yeah. Was they, did, what was their guide dog's name? <laughs> Were your eyes closed that okay. day? <laughs> I was complaining about the referees once. Right. <laughs> that would be a very Wolford Next thing one, to do also. From at Dominic Burke. On which side of the Chris McKenna line does Fred Hawkinson fall? And John Buttergig. Okay, so the Chris McKenna line is a concept I invented a couple of years ago when I was sick of... Uh, Players that had played one Origin game being called Origin Stars. Mm. So I established a baseline, the McKenna line. If you were better than Chris McKenna in State of Origin, then you are an Origin Star. If you are worse, you're not. Okay. Uh, There are a couple of other candidates that could have been, um, had the line named after him. Uh, Robbie Kearns was one. I can't recall the others. In terms of this, Trent Hodkinson did not play the seven games required to ascend past the McKenna line, but I'm making a judgment call that he jumps across because he won the series of the Blues in 2014. John Buttigieg, only three games, just falls short. Easy, yeah. done. Very, very good. Nice Eddie and Zed. How's the chocolate? I'm in my mouth right now. <laughs> the prerequisite for winning the grand final is having a feel-good such redemption story. Which three teams have the strongest chance in 2017? Para won't win the grand final, but their redemption thing would be strongest. Mm. Yeah. Well, but they also they do have Kirisami Ava on their team. Oh, they no, but you did say feel good. That's true. It's not mm. a feel good redemption story of Kirisami Ava, is there? Mm. Uh, Wayne's boys up in Queensland. Feel I'm, good. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go. It. I'm gonna go with a cross global answer. If Salford somehow win Super League this year with Rob Louie, win the NRL. Yeah, if they win the NRL from Super League, that yeah. would be incredible. Yeah, that, with well, Rob Louie, that would not be a feel good story. No, but that would be a redemption story. Big mm, air yeah. quotes. Feel good story. Wayne leads troubled young men in Queensland after rehabilitation, etc., etc. So glory. he's going, so he's going to take the, the Titans to a grand final. <laughs> he's not one troubled young man in the Broncos. <laughs> Takes uh, troubled okay. young man out the back and shoots yes. him. Uh, there's not really any feel good stories in that top eight. Like hmm. you know, Storm are just good. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel good watching the Storm. Yeah. Really, oh, I do. I love it. But no, like, not, I, get, I think I. Th- Maybe the Cowboys without Thurston. I yeah. know that's not a redemption thing. That's a that would, would be a, a feel-good feel good story. story though. Would be. You know the ragtag bunch that rallies behind their fourteen internationals. Josh McCrone's <laughs> right foot mystery. <laughs> Josh McCrone's right foot mystery winning a grand final would plunge me into an existential crisis from which I would never emerge. <laughs> I'd come in here and be like, "Hey guys, the grand finals." Campo, you okay? Yeah. You're right. Uh, Campo won't like this one. Uh, from Matt, I just got no space. Just want to tell you a story of a time I saw Josh McGuire save a kitten from a tree. And they carried an old lady and her groceries to her house. Her house was 10 kilometres away, so he carried the old lady as well. Did he then spike the kitten on the road like a football? <laughs> I believe he took the old lady's shorts. <laughs> and he, st- with them. he stole those groceries. 
How you like carry them? to the wrong home. How you like them apples? The ones I'm taking. He carried it to someone else's home and left it there to go groceries. In the tree. Uh, Frankie. Uh, worst performance of the round. South. Ashley Klein. Henry Perinara or Knights and Bulldogs combined? I'm going to go South. Yeah. I actually mm-hmm. thought the way Perinara handled it was good. the situation was quite I, strong. I, I would rather a, I'd rather a referee communicate to me because the thing is that he made reference to the fact that you are making me make a decision. The longer that you stay on the player yeah. and make a, and commit a foul, the more of li- more likely I am to call to call a penalty. Like yeah. stop doing it. Perinara, like we've all had our fun laughing at Henry Perinara. He handled that really well. I thought and he did Knight's too. Bulldogs was better than South's just because of the insanity of the last ten minutes. Yeah, and I am uh I went through an hour and ten minutes without mentioning the ruck in that South Rabbitohs game. <laughs> but geez, Ashley Klein had lost control of that ruck in that yeah, game. He did. Disgusting. He did. I, I know we didn't mention dropper like a hunt, but surely that play the ball. Is dropper like George a Burgess one? Yeah, or the Lindsay Collins one off like one knee. Well, for technically, <laughs> technically Burgess didn't drop the ball. They didn't call it as a knock on. So how could he drop it like it's Hunt? He makes a good point. It's a very literal reading of the too segment. Too literal. Yeah. Mm. Uh, next one, Josh O'Rose back. Uh, he's got four, five questions for us. Uh, how many are you ref could, related? You couldn't believe how many about Penrith, Penrith Manly referee. Yeah, go on. Uh, question one. Does Manly have a lead to stand on complaining about the great man's excellent referee on Saturday night? Ah, <laughs> oh, the meme has become self-aware. <laughs> good. We've already answered that, really. No, no, good, good. Did Penrith drag Manly down to the level of patheticness on Saturday night? Yes. They were They were well within within the letter of patheticity. Patheticity? Is that a word? Both teams done bad. bad. Number three. Who's had the biggest decline in quality since last season? Are we asking for a player or a team? Well, let's see if we can do both. I think for team, it has to be Canberra. It's your yeah. mob, yeah. Yeah, that's an easy one. For in terms of player, who's, who's someone that's just fallen off a cliff since last year? Mm. Really dropped off. Solomon Carter. No, I think he's dropped off a cliff. I don't want to make fun of him at the moment because he's... I like Solomon no, a lot. His, bro- his, his brother just died. He's just been back from two weeks in yeah, Tonga, so mm. I'm Team Carter at the minute. But I like Solomon, you know that, but he's been pretty poor this year. Yeah, but he wasn't even great last year. I wouldn't even say it's yeah. a massive drop. Okay. Well, he did score 16 tries on him last year, didn't he still? Top their try score. 16? Yeah. That's a lot of tries. Yeah, he's in their top try score every year he's played, hasn't he? But this year... <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a bit of a blank. Dale Roots, what you got? Hmm. A drop off. I'm trying to think of key playmakers. Generally, that's what, what I'm trying to do for. as well. Ben yeah. Hunt, but he's back, mate. Ah, he's running back. Games Lane back. got him back. There's your feel-good story. <laughs> reserve grade battler wins grand final <laughs> from reserve grade. <laughs> reserve <laughs> grade. Reserve grade battler wins Queensland Cup grand final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, sorry, mate. I'm going to better answer for you. But anyway, number no. number four is the top eight changing, or do you think it's set with just positions to be decided? I think we said this last week. The only team I can see Bolton from the blue and really making it from outside the top eight at the moment is the Warriors. Mm-hmm. But I, I want them to, but I don't have the confidence that they will. No, me neither. So. Yeah. What is the best play by a bad player you have you have seen? That's such an expensive question. Yes. I'm going to go with Bill Tupo doing anything ever because he was so goddamn bad. <laughs> My wow. best play is wow. that time Lockheed Miranda got out of the in goal beating like four players I remember yep, that. that's against a good the Cowboys answer. last year. That's a good answer. For yep. that 45, well, 40 seconds or whatever, he wasn't the worst player in the world. And he felt good about it. I have a question sure. to you, Mitch. You know how bad he's at rugby league, by the way? He's so bad he's not a wallaby yet. 
That's how bad rugby league Lachlan Maranta is. Wow. Everyone who's played rugby league went to Union is a wallaby in like 18 months. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have a question for you. If, yeah. if Lachlan Maranta, for that 45 seconds, was not the worst player in the world, yeah. who was? Greg Eden, probably. Yeah, fair call. <laughs> Greg Eden <laughs> scored his it. 35th try on the weekend for Castle <laughs> wow. for this season. Manu is going to score 4 million tries there. I'm so hyped up for Salford Manu. Mm. It's mm. going to be brilliant. Just him and, and Dr. Marwan Cookash. Sinking beers on the hill post match. Oh, to be a fly on the wall of that conversation. Uh, here we go. Oh, bloody hell, Simo answered that Josh Robbo question with the exact answer I gave. Get out of my head, man. I'm sick of the fucking I'm not, I'm not convinced that Simo exists. <laughs> yeah. Just, my, just me. I think he's yeah. an alt. Oh, mate, I tell you, sometimes I hear through the walls and I hear Mitch putting on voices and I say, you know, I'm <laughs> who are you chatting to? Oh, yeah, Simo. I go, is Simo with us right now? <laughs> No, I was doing a podcast with him, I swear. Draw, draw me a picture of what he looks like. Come on. Uh, okay, Paul Max 78 How long would you give Nathan Brown at the Knights, and where do they need to recruit? They need to recruit forwards. You mm. can get away with a bad back line and bad halves. You cannot get away with bad forwards. They get exposed yep. all the time. I think Brown's done an okay job in terms of getting a little bit out of some of the players, but the mm. recruitment's bad, and the development of the players he does have is bad. If he hasn't shown, if they don't show some signs next year, whatever they may be, I'd I'd be tempted to give him the ball at mid-season. Yeah. I really yeah. would. But to say I give him twelve weeks in the next year yeah. to reassess. Yeah, if we're still asking, oh, is Nathan Brown the guy? Then he's not the guy. Uh, I was going to say if if he can't get wins in the Origin period next season, when other teams that they're going to be playing against are down players because they're not going to have Gagai next year. Who is their one origin player? They don't have Gagai now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I, that guy who Physically plays for them, they do, but <laughs> he attends He's football matches. That, <laughs> that guy who uses Gagai's alias. <laughs> <laughs> he took off a mask, and it was anyway. Um, if he can't get a win at least over the origin period next year, yeah, I think he's done. <laughs> Mate, he's got to have come in twelve rounds. He's got to have like three or four wins next year yeah. for me to keep him on. Yeah, great. Jake White, sixteen. Oh, no. He said, you've had this before, probably had this before, but most underrated player in the comp right now. No one. No one. Mm. I'll just go with a blanket, anyone that plays outside of Sydney. Actually, there you go. Yeah, good answer. Yeah, anyone who's played 75 games for the Storm and played rep football and no one knew his name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably him. Yep. Uh, he said, he said answer, his answer was Dale Finucane, which is probably an okay go. That's a good mm. answer, but it's a tired question. It's a tired Sorry, question. bro. Yeah. Okay, Pete Fulcher, who is the most cursed, unlucky team with the NRL in the past five to ten years? Well, you might say it's Newcastle because of the current futility, but they were in a prelim not that long ago, and if you stretch it back ten years, they've had a couple of okay moments. Parra are at eight years now, that's fine. I was going to say, the answer is Parramatta, I think the answer is Parramatta, and then I think Newcastle and Canberra are the runners-up. Yep. Yep. But it's definitely Parra. Yeah. I mean, Newcastle have... I know this is, as you say, it's a tired cliche, but they have a very rich vein of people to draw on because it's a big, bigger area, bigger rural area. Rugby league's very big up there. Um, Parramatta have just been horribly mismanaged, and that's not the players' fault. Yep. Like, the players can't stop ex-legends talking shit out the front, you know? Uh, next one, Vic Arias, or Vic Unsworth Arias. Yeah, our friend Chris Chard says, mm. As per Campo's Hodko yarn today... 
Can we expect a tell-all in-depth article on the rise and fall of Will Zillman? Man, you want to know everything you got to know about Will Zillman, go to www.williamzillman.com.au. <laughs> Read about him and Timber. Poor old Timber. That's a that's that's a heart, that's a gut-wrenching story, that one. One of, the, one of the greatest websites on the internet, by the way. I believed in Will Zillman when he was at Canberra, man. I had to. He was he was fabulous. The lower grades coming up, he was awesome. He had a really good season in 2007. Did his new couple of games in 2008 and then was at the Titans in 2009 and... Couple more knee injuries and a five-year deal, and now he's the, you know, the anti-hero that Twitter needs and deserves. You know how every year or two we come around and people write those Origin teams in five years. Tank, he's side? a fixture in those. He was a fixture in my 07, 08 mm. Origin team in five years side. But from the, he had what one good year at the Titans, two good years. He, he had a couple yeah, of okay two. years where he was a bit of a jack of all trades. Yeah, then in he the had that five-year deal. And centers and. That five-year deal and the power went to his head. Where's what's his? Or the horses. <laughs> um, where's he from? I think uh, he's from Queensland. I think um, Tugan. Okay, I'm not not certain oh, on that. Right. Don't quote me on that. Okay, uh, Hunter eighty six. Who got banged harder on Sunday? Uh, Lamb for shanking the equaliser, or Matt Bungard missing the back page in favour of rubbish in our game? Mm. Dal Roots, you want to take this one? Uh, I played the fifth, Your Honour. Next question. Fifth. <laughs> Josh Robbo, 44, he's back. Now Bungard's made a TV appearance. When does A, Dale get an ABC show? B, Mitch get a cooking show? And C, Campo make more appearances? My, my, <laughs> my, my thing is, I think the ABC's too far right for me. <laughs> I can't share a stage with people like Jared Henderson. Yeah, too far, too too far, far right. right. <laughs> these, these bloody centrist... Pricks. Yeah. Well, uh, Get cooking with my... cunts. Coming up at midnight on La Soul Food with Mitch Doyle soon. That's what you, know, you, know the, uh, you know the American movie uh, Dinner for Schmucks with yeah. Steve Carell? So yeah. that's based on a French film called Dinner pour Con. And the word con in French actually means cunts. There you go. That's, that's a show I'm going to cook. Cooking mm. with... Yeah. Anyway, apologies. I, will, essentially it's I, right... I will only ever make guest appearances <laughs> no, on, you know what, on the cooking show? No, on all three shows. You know what cooking show should be, Campo? is Friday night midnight when you come home after work... It's me cooking already. You come and we have the takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the final footy while we while I cook. There are it'd takes. Be, there are ta- take, takes that are too hot for Twitter, man. You want a safe space for your hottest takes? Yeah. Come around Cast Day Bell and after midnight on Friday, we'll go, we'll look yeah. after you. It'd be like that common sense show that's on Channel Ten, but with actual entertainment. It's like, but it's like it's like I said when someone asked me last week, like this isn't my project at all you know yeah. this is no, something no. this is something you this is something you boys are doing and one i'll just step in to help later. out one week later. <laughs> i'll just step in and help when you need me to if bungard yeah. dropped out tomorrow and you guys said do you go do you want to host all the time i'd say no several bad i have fun yarning with you but i, I, I couldn't yeah, do this yeah. every uh, week pete fulcher says if they had to play tomorrow oh god this is a hard question mm. the best 13 of players you retired at 2012 or earlier this is a really good question but i'd need a lot of time to think about it and research it properly well, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell I you i think he's drawn that head. line to put darren lockyer in it because he's a broncos fan yeah but do you really want late 30s darren lockyer or early 40s now running around trying to beat you know to play tomorrow i'd pick i'd pick ricky <laughs> Ricky would still have it And if Ricky didn't have it He'd fight him He'd fight him <laughs> He'll fight and he'll win Had to play tomorrow I don't know There's some guys In decent shape Still out there mm. I'm sure Matt Cooper Could st- still lock down a side for Rat- him. Yeah. Matt Rogers could still yep. Do some ball. shit Yeah he could, still, he could still Make it happen Matt Cooper runs A clothing show In Wollongong I believe So that's five years ago You got to retire Jeez So all these guys Are like 40 Oh, just a little younger. I'm going Hindy as well. Yep. You know that, what? 
Hindy, Hindy could be 60 years old and in a wheelchair. He could still make 35 yeah. Look, tackles for you. I'm going, I don't like Gaz, but I'm going Gaz I was because he say, retired young. Yeah, and how, Put him on a wing. He'll be afraid of defence. I'd but... rather pick Brandy. <laughs> Get Brandy in there, man. How, how Mix is, it up a little yeah. bit. How is Gaz looking these days? I'm sure he's still... He looks fit. Yeah, Dopey. Looks, well, yeah. you know, your words. <laughs> Mark Rodell at 400 kilos. <laughs> yes. The slowest <laughs> play, the slowest rucks that's ever existed. I want, the, yeah. I want the pig feeding the ball to Mark Tukey. That's what I'm here for. That's that's entertainment. <laughs> George Rose off the bench. Oh, he's later than that though, isn't he? Doesn't so matter. He's in. He's in. <laughs> that's a good question. But we're not, yeah, we should. Too expensive. Too a expensive. great question though. Mm, yeah, very uh, good. Shimo. Shimo. Simon has got three nine three. It's all falling apart. See, <laughs> when pressed, we are, we when, are behind the pressed, curtain now. When pressed, the details come out that Simo isn't real. He exists no only in Mitch's to the man imagination. Behind the curtain is hashtag Team Roots the best thing about NRL boom rookies? Mm, no. Yeah, he can't, <laughs> comes it's, a friend, here, it's a friends we make along the way. Yeah, me and Kev are here bringing the real talk and analysis and a couple of quips and everyone's Team it Roots. It turns out, it turns out that Team Roots was inside us the whole time. <laughs> well, well then. Uh, Maybe after midnight on a Friday. Oh, uh-huh, Menage. Oh, it's a good question <laughs> Frankie. Does fake Campo have to come back? Ooh, hot. Who's that? That's, that's Bungard. Who? <laughs> See? Press for details. <laughs> the story falls apart. Uh, Matty P25. Why does the universe hate the Knights? Look, you treat Rain, Wayne like that, and the rugby league gods are going to oh, hate you. Oh, God. You run Joey Lolo out of town. That's what happens. That's what happens. No, I, I don't know. I, 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 know it's, I know Mitch has lost patience with him. He has, doesn't want to hear about the battling poor old Knights. I feel so sorry for their fans. They really are the best fans in rugby mm. league. I feel sorry for their fans. I'm sick of feeling sorry for Get, the club. Oh, no, I feel, so, I feel sorry for the fans because they still turn up all the time. They're, they're you know, genuinely the best fans in Australian sport. Mate, they really are. They're fantastic. I can't and think of, like, I mean, AFL teams get huge attendances and have huge memberships. I can't think of a team that has consistently put up probably the second best attendances in the comp in such a dark period. I'm not sure if they're the second best, but they'd definitely be top, top five, top second six. second last year, weren't they? Yeah. Second or third? They yeah, were really they're, up they're there. They're they average great, like, they're what, 21, They're great fans, and I've seen a lot of them on Twitter in the last few days. Um, when, really, you'd be within rights to kick stones and say, you know what, fuck this team, I'm giving up. Yep. And there's a heap of them who are saying, nah, we can still win games this year, we yep. can still do stuff this year. You know? Newcastle away, mate. Yeah, they're good people. They're good, mm. good people, and I, I love all of them. Tearing okay. up. Next question. Michael Darren Mitch just moves on. <laughs> All right, Campo. No moving on. Thoughts? Simo's the emotional one. <laughs> Thoughts on the James Loney contract situation? That's it. And so from Michael Darren. Uh, I well, think I'm he, surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised that um, he's chasing all this big money now. Surely he would have been more likely to get this money um, after his years at the Roosters. Like... If he wanted a million plus per year, how could he not demand it after the three years he had at the Roosters, where he was one of the best halves in the competition? Also, my take is that he's just won another comp with the team that had never won a comp before, and he's looking for more money in a bigger salary cap. That's that's I, probably but I agree that's with probably your point. true, but at the same time, he's he is slowing down. He's mm. getting a little bit older. You know, if you paid him for three or four years, there's no guarantee that you'll get the James Maloney yeah. of years past. And you know I, what I mean? in my he opinion, wants, you'd, you'd have to front load that contract because yeah. it, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a million dollar plus James Maloney in years three and four. Yeah. I, I, I question what the market for him was then mm. when he left the Roosters. If this, if he got a salary at the Sharks that he's so unhappy with. 
I don't think... So the rumour is if he was going to leave, he's going to go to the Knights now. And boy, I think that's Troy Hogginson number two all over it if he goes to the Knights. No, see, I don't think it'd be that bad. Yeah, I think I Maloney's got a lot more well, in the tank than better, Hogginson did. I don't think he's going to be worth the dollars for him in that regard. They, they are paying effectively a mid ninety or mid 2000s Canberra tax on everything. Who, the Knights? Yeah. yeah. I'd say that their tax is even heavier. Than yeah, Canberra oh the shit, yeah. yeah, yeah. And his last one is how is the sorry next question how is the 2017 Bulldogs versus El Masri 2004 total points tracking? I don't have the points in front of me, but I do know Hasim El Masri scored 348 in 2004. Yeah, I was going to say you might want to grab it. It's going to get close, I feel. Uh, quickly, ladder. Scintillating radio. It is okay. Bulldogs have scored 240 points. Yeah, they don't have a hope. How many games? How many games I don't, to go, I don't think they'll make it. No, eight, so, ga- eight games. They've, they've got, they've got left. Hmm. They've got seven games left. So they've scored. Jesus. So they've got a score. <laughs> I don't. I think you're right. I don't think they'll make it. I think Hasm's got them. If you want to get really technical, Hasm didn't get to 348 until the grand final. So there'll be some Bulldogs fan who comes out and says, "Oh, they did beat him." But nah, Hasm's got this. They need to score 20 points a week to get there. Hasm's got this. He has. I didn't believe it 10 weeks ago whenever it first brought up. Ah, it can't happen. But. That 2004 Hasmel Masri season is legit one of the most impressive mm. seasons in rugby league history. Mm. And almost as impressive was Hodgson the next year. Brett Hodgson crossing oh, well, 300 yeah. points as well. And if Croker didn't crook his knee in the prelim final last year, he would have hit 300 as well. Yep. Those are three fantastic point-scoring seasons, and we should talk about them more often. Agreed. Uh, B, Murray B, what's the... So it's Blake Moretti. What's the worst fan-made NRL hashtag, and when can we expect Campo to take over Bungard for the third spot on the podcast? Worst hashtag. Uh, mm. Rest fault insincerely. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, ironic rest fault. <laughs> um, people thinking that people are just they're going straight with rest fault bad, or um, anything like hashtag bunker in crisis. Any of those. Bad. What's oh, your f- anyone, what? anyone that hashtag something hashtag joke hashtag disgrace oh. hashtag embarrassment? <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, I saw a tweet the other day, and the guy was doing. It was it. Oh, if you got rid of the hashtags, fine tweet, but he was like, you know, Greenberg equals this. Something equals this. Every single first point instead of like just putting a dash, they're all hashtags. Hashtag Greenberg ain't no hashtag, mate. Mm. <laughs> you know? What's your What's your favorite uh, fan made hashtag in NRL? Hashtag Roberts Watch. Roberts Watch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder where that one came from. Um, next question. Wally Frogmore, what's the longest yarn you know? This is you, Campo. I don't, I, I, I don't understand the question. The longest yarn that I can tell someone, like the longest story I have, the longest yeah. yarn I've written. Probably like, longest story. We haven't got time for your longest yarn. No, well, the longest yarn I've ever written is um, an oral history on the 2005 Tigers that I did earlier this year. I think that clocked in. Good. I think that clocked in about 12,000 words. Jesus, Lord above. Yeah, um, but I really loved doing it. I love that. Assume that didn't make the paper. Uh, you're not going to believe it? No. Oh, wow. It's strictly, strictly an online piece. I was going to say, that would be most of the paper. Yeah, I'd be close to it, yeah. 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 It's a good piece, by the way. I read it. Good. Did Did you read it, Dale Roots? Uh, No, no. I've read enough theses this year, unfortunately. Cop that. Sorry, Matt. That's why I'm not not replacing Bungard on the podcast, (laughs) because Dale Roots just roasted me. If it makes you feel any better, I haven't read his his thesis either. Uh, NRL Physio. He says, in honour of Manu heading to Super League... Who are your five wingers most likely to bomb a certain try? Is the ball in the air? Josh Mansour. No, no, no. It's, he's too good to that, for that. Mm. Aku, Aku has to be there. Yeah. Aku, Aku's got to be one. Um, my boy Marantz. Yeah. 
Uh, Dan Vito is right up there. Daniel oh, Vito. Yes. Yep, that's a good shout. There's that's, a couple of times. That's, that's three. He was like 10 metres in space against the Broncos and somehow didn't score. WWE, though. Bill Tupo. Bill Tupo. Four. And Alex Johnson. You sound like me, mate, now. No, I'm trying to think. Was it Kev Gordon the back end of his career that the Titans who scored like three tries a year? No, get wow. it, get it, no, get it to Gordon. You'd have a more steady yeah, right. ratio I'm than that. But there's someone, there's someone a couple of years ago. Winger only scored like three or four tries a year for a couple of years. I can't remember. I can't remember. Mm. Oh well, we got four for you. Oh, hey, someone's responded. Oh, Eddie Lee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Campos put his mic down and he left. That's the fifth. Okay, next one. No comment. Has he been held up? Does that count as bombing the? No. Okay, next one. Trent Slats, in keeping with Campos, Hawkinson, Yarn, give him some players who believe deserve more respect for their on-field achievements. Well, Trent Hodkinson's the biggest one, and yep. I had the yarn about it today. I feel like people have completely devalued his and, to a lesser extent, Josh Reynolds, their contribution to the 2014 Origin Series. Um, I'm not going to hit you with the details now. Please go and read it um, because, you know, the clicks make me money, and I like having money, so please go do that. But... I don't know. I think it's a bit similar to what we said before about the underrated thing. I think a lot of guys that play outside of Sydney, their contribution and standing in the game gets a little bit devalued sometimes. You mm. know what I mean? I I don't want to just link this back to the Raiders again, but I think Jared Croak is someone like that. I think yep. if he was in Sydney, him perhaps more so than anybody else, if he, he was he in would Sydney, have rep jerseys for weeks. He would have many many rep jerseys, yep. and people would talk about his point scoring. In a in a much more celebrated way, yeah. I think currently him scoring points is a thing that happens. That doesn't yeah. get any doesn't get yeah, any praise at all. It's just an inevitability of the universe. Mm. It's a thing that you happens know? and no one really praises it. Yeah, and this is a strange answer. I actually think it's Cameron Smith. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's Cameron Smith because I don't think Cameron Smith is celebrated by the rugby league fans in general the way he should be. Though he's not celebrated the way Thurston and, and Slater are. Because, you know, what he does isn't as visually impressive. But Cameron Smith is the greatest hooker to play this game, and it's not even close. Mm. You know what I mean? You can make a case that Johns is better than Thurston. You can make a case that there's been better fullbacks than Slater. With the way hooker is played, there is no one that comes close to Cameron Smith. Yeah. He's missed one test in 11 years. He's missed one origin in 14 years. He's never failed to play less than 20, 20 games in a season. Mm. in his entire, oh, Except for his rookie year where he played about five. You know what I mean? If he played for a Sydney club or if he played for Brisbane, there wouldn't be a talk about who the next immortal was going to be because it would just be Smith. I, I think the and big... And we would just assume it was going to be Smith. But because he's yeah. down in Melbourne and because of all the referee Smith garbage and because of the way he talks to referees and because of the wrestling stuff, people don't underrate him. But I do think people don't step back and recognise the enormity of his achievements in the game enough. It. To me, he is one of possibly four players of the modern era who is going to be forever inextricably linked with the club that they played for. Probably him, Joey, Darren Lockyer, and, I mean, Mal would be the big one for the Raiders. But to me, he is never going to be anything but Melbourne... Like, he, he is Melbourne Storm. Him, that's it. Like... He's been there effectively from the beginning since they started winning stuff at least. I mean, apart from well, the first, well, first time, big win. but you know, but like I, he's, I, he's I been there. He's been there forever, yeah. and I think the point that 
to to tack onto the point that you're making, the fact that he plays for Melbourne, who are the, for so long have been the pantomime villain of the NRL, especially since the salary cap stuff. Um, he, I don't think he will ever be appreciated like the Immortals will be, apart from obviously being given the accolade. Well, I don't think he'll be given it either. I think yeah. they'll give it to Thurston. Yeah. And Thurston's absolutely deserving of that honour. Yeah, I agree. No doubt. Yeah. Um, and Thurston is great in a way that's a lot easier to point to and identify, mm. and it's a lot easier to put in a YouTube clip. Yeah. The great stuff that Thurston does. No one's making YouTube compilations of Cameron Smith's masterful rut control, but if you do make one, I would be very interested <laughs> to watch it. Well, that's one thing, what you mentioned there as well, is why... Whilst the hardcore fans understand what Smith's greatness, other fans, at the, you know, the guy at the pub, they've been they've heard they've heard Ken Smith's great, but they can't see it as, yeah. as yeah. easily. And you know, he's not a highlight reel player, I'll say, and that's why it's easier to, for a Thurston or a Lockie or those guys to get all the accolades because they're in all the plays like that. But it's really hard to see the ruck control if you if you're not a real hardcore mm. fan. And also, there's the easiness as well of avoiding his greatness. Is people like talking about the salary cap stuff a lot? Anytime yeah. any Cam Smith achievement is mentioned, people will bring up, "Oh, but what about those games that don't count?" You know, and people like to like to discredit him with those mm. things. You know, and that's unfortunate because it wasn't up to him. Yeah. What if it was yeah. though? And the point that yeah, <laughs> what, if, what if he's Canary and Burns? Like, <laughs> I should I've obviously I've mentioned Thurston in that that okay. list of four with the Cowboys, but yeah. Uh, next question. Oh, one more for that last yeah. one, Matt Bowen. Matt, Matt Bowen. Bowen. Yeah. Because, oh yeah. Because before that's before, my new answer. Before the Cowboys were Thurston's mob, they were Bowen's mob, mm. and then for a, a long time, for about four or five years, they weren't just Thurston. They were Thurston and Bowen, and they were the two. You yeah, know? I think that was one, one was of the a first... two-man show, one, one of the one-man first, thing. first discussions of Carson DeBellin was him being one of the more underappreciated players yeah. of our lifetime. There were three people that wanted the room that I'm living in, and oh. my Matt Bowen takes <laughs> won me the day. <laughs> well, that's good. That it. Go back on YouTube, watch some Matt Bowen highlight clips. There's some great stuff from 0506. He was mm. the king of Saturday 9.30 slots. Oh, Him and Andy Raymond, best mates. Ruled it, ruled <laughs> it. And he took them to their first final series in 2004, nearly to a grand final. Mm. He's the best player on that team. You know, and people just... Forget about that because it's the Thurston show forever and he's fantastic and all that. And he is great. But Matt Bowen was a great, and great player. Bowen involved in ways he never got credit for either. Yeah. I mean, he became a second playmate. You became a guy who could kick the ball mm. and, be, and and handle the ball a lot more than a ball runner at the back there for the Cowboys. And he never really got credit for that. And he's unfortunate that he fell in an era that Queens had so many great fullbacks that yeah. he didn't get enough games. And the thing is, I think he could have played the role that Lachlan Coote played in their premiership. And I liked their whole premiership season very much and... It's very narratively pleasing. The one thing that I would have loved to have changed, I would have loved Matt Bowen to have been there. Yep. Uh, next one, Ben, ben underscore Wallace says, in honour of Adavai retiring, well, he didn't retire, mate, uh, who is your favourite cult hero? One from your club or one from another team or sport? Um, my favourite cult hero from my club, I don't know if he's a cult hero, but it's probably Alan Tung. Oh, yeah. If you want Good to get show. even more cult than that, Trevor mm. Thurling. Trevor Thurling, what a great I love, player. I mm. love Trevor Thurling. I loved young David Stagg at the Broncos. He was my cold hero back when he used to just be in that team of, of all these quality players. That one bloke who he all, he was, all he did was throw just his body. tackle things. Yeah. All he did was throw <laughs> his body at things. Then he won a grand final in the centres, whatever. That was it. And then the other one was Shane Perry. <laughs> just the worst. But God, like... But just, just did it. Just, just did, did it. it. Yeah. Just, did, just did his job for two seasons. We mm. won a comp. The Shane Perry's that. Other sports... I mean, it, for the other sports, my favourite current basketball player is Marcus Smart. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> he, I love yeah. He's sensational. He's my favourite. He might be my favourite cult hero in any sport at the minute. I mm. like uh, in 
in uh, NBA, like J.R. Smith. And yep. uh, NFL, he's gone from the Packers now, but feast mode. Uh, Eddie Lacey was my boy. <laughs> the overeating just speaks to me. <laughs> and then uh, in football, it was Daniel Agger at the Liverpool, but he's probably too good to be called just a cult hero. But, mm. yeah. You got any, Dale? Uh, biggest cult hero at the Saints would be Piggy Riddell. Mm. Uh, biggest cult hero in sport. Mm. What about Sydney FC? What have we got? Yordi Boyish yeah, is Yordi the cult Boyish, hero. And apparently. I mean, if you are if you play in the A-League and you are black... You're a cult hero. You're a cult hero. That's, that's how it works. That's the one fun thing with the A-League. There's always cult heroes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, some random guy comes from France or Brazil and you're like, this is him. Like, look, how good he is. look at him. Look, look at, at his highlight reel. He played for Barcelona B four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know that, man? He, played, like, he made three appearances with Lionel Messi. <laughs> Um, like Bernie Abini, great player. Sister is also a fantastic player. He ran too much, uh, <laughs> was cropped. He's now playing in Vancouver, but like he was the most frustrating but brilliant cult hero cult to hero. watch last season for Sydney. But yeah, yeah he was. Two, two more I love from cricket. Um, Sean Tate, the wild thing. Yeah, the wild yeah. thing. Always here for that, and he's still around the big show. Mm. Yeah. Glenn Maxwell, man. Oh, I'm, I'm about big shows revert, as well. All I want is reverse sweeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's what these limited overs games are for. They're for him. Yeah, I was on. Uh, Mitch Johnson was to me was a cold hero too. He got too good. People would appreciate it at the end. But yeah. for a while, I was in that few people that still knew. I was a Mitch Johnson. When Mitch truth. Johnson well, was bowling he, six wides in an over, Mitch was around it. The thing is, he grew a moustache that was so magnificent that he transcended cult hero status completely. Mm. Yeah. Normally, facial hair makes you a cult hero. True. Yeah. It it took him to another level, to a level that maybe no cult hero will ever get to again. He was a cult hero who legitimately could have started a cult <laughs> and I would have considered joining. Yeah, and uh, if Kenny Edwards gives uh, us like 47 more fake cramps, that's my new cult. <laughs> that's my new leader. Uh, okay, next question, Mick the Perm. Oh, God, get out of it. He's asking NFL fantasy draft questions because my pick was up while we were doing Hard this. Hard pass. Hard pass. Uh, Seagull Spur. What are some of the more arsey wins you've experienced as a fan of any sport? Matt Serra beating Georges Saint-Pierre for the UFC welterweight title in 2007. Yeah. I know that's gibberish to you too, but trust me, that was all. I know, that who, was, George, that, I know who George Saint-Pierre is. That was, that was all arse and no class. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Baby Broncos. Any time. Any time. Any time. The original Baby Broncos. Nick Parfitt winning an NRL Parfitt. game. <laughs> Chris Carla. <laughs> um, again, back to Marcus Smart. Him nailing seven threes in the Eastern Conference Finals against Cleveland. Stealing that one year. game. And just doing it. That was that was. That was Beautiful stuff. Uh, the time the Tigers beat the Baby Broncos. <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> All the other times where the Baby year. Broncos <laughs> didn't win. Yeah. Specifically uh, the Tigers winning any game for yeah. the last three years. Uh, RCB Sharks. Who are the greatest origin players from each club? Jesus. That's a long That's, that's a long read. That's no. a long one. Why don't we just say from our club? Okay, well, Darren Lockyer. That, yeah. That wasn't Dale. hard. <laughs> uh, ben Cray. <laughs> oh, give it, give Sean, us- Sean Timmons. Sean Tim- Speaking that, of cult hero. That is a very good one. That's a good cult hero again. Mm. Yeah. It's a great cult hero again. Um, Canberra, it's Daly or Meninga. Yeah. Yep. Laurie Daly is, is a fantastic origin player that hasn't got any credit for that. Really. Harold, Harold Ramage says that he's the greatest blue of all time, and I think I agree with him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think his coaching is that people forget what a good player he was. He was sensational, mm. man. Yeah. And he's one of those ones who would hold up today as well, yep. you know? Uh, hey, Sam Warden says, what is your favourite scene in a movie? This is another really broad God, question. I love these sorts of questions, but they've got to be a bit more specific. They do. <laughs> you know like, what I mean? You know, yeah, exactly right, because that's opened me up to, like, I'll, some movies, you know, I love the really long scene in Children of Men, for example, but is that yep. my favourite scene in a movie? Yeah. 
probably not. So like, you know, I love, I love. Everyone loves the scene in Goodfellas where they walk into the restaurant, but yeah. at the same time, you know, there's, there's so many movie scenes. Yeah, can you, know, you give it, can you give us your top five? Your top five movies? Top five movies. Even then, I can't narrow you down, mate. Like De- Departed, probably my number one. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, like I, I can give you directors and actors. I can't tell them. Tell them your bolter for your top five. Oh, what, Minority Report? Yeah. That is a bolter. Like, I like that movie a lot more than I should. <laughs> and I'm not ready to fight for it right now. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> that's a very small hill to but, die um, on. <laughs> that, that movie, I remember seeing it when I was like 11, whenever it came out, and I had a sick day, and mum was going to the movies, and we had to go see it, and I hated it. Hated it in the cinema. But then I became a sci-fi, and more dystopian sci-fi kind of fan when I hit mm. 18, 19, watched it again. Watched it plenty of times. I love that movie. I love the story. I love the big big Tom Cruise guy. I don't care that it's supposed to, you know, to, what do you call pop conflict, I call it. I don't care it's a pop conflict. I still love it. Dale Roots, you got a top five? Uh, it's There's a lot more than five. Yeah. Um, See, I've got I've got a five, man. I've got a five stacked and ready to I go. I feel like there's so many things I've got to ask you. Have you got a five? You have the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> like don't you think about these things all the time? No, I used to, but not really anymore. When you, oh, wow. Oh, now you've moved past, no, you've moved past such pursuits. I haven't, that. but like, you know... But, you know, I used to, I did a blog at one point when I was watching a movie every day for a year, and I was I ranked them in that, and wow. then that was like three or four years ago, and I haven't thought about it since. Okay, really, and you know, so well for any for anyone that cares, my top five in mm-hmm. no particular order: Gladiator, The Departed, Star Wars, Mad Max Fury Road, and Unforgiven. Yeah, good shout. Like, Departed's definitely in mine, and I probably fit mm. Pulp Fiction in there, and Minority Report might be in there, and then from then there's like fifteen, twenty <laughs> contenders. It's a real mess. Cut your list down. I'm not going to do it. I'll tweet mine. I'll think about it on the way home. My, oh. f- my four-hour drive back. <laughs> well, uh, shout out to <laughs> Josh team, White. Team, Ro- team Roots will be hanging out for that. Yeah, I'm sure they do, both do will. Do you use IMDB like, and rate your own stuff? No. Yeah, I haven't d- done it, but Josh White like, mentioned to me the other day, who hosts uh, the Root and White podcast, and I realised like, if every time I've got a movie, I should just put my rating on there because now he's got a database of his ratings of movies. Oh, that's a great idea. Because you know, you're a user, you log in. Yep. Now he goes in and he's like, oh, there's all, my, all the movies I like. Doesn't Great he idea. just know the movie? No, he doesn't know, but it's like, you know, sometimes you watch a movie and you haven't, you haven't seen it in 10 years and you bang and go back, oh, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Let's no. watch that again. No. You, you, you work differently. <laughs> this is the man who He's got it all up Sorry, here. he keeps movie stubs at every movie he's ever seen. This is the man that works <laughs> yeah, differently. Yeah, that's true. I got, every, I got a movie stub from every movie I've ever seen since 2007. Except that one movie I took you to. Let's not yeah, talk except about the that. movie Mitch took me to where he robbed me and didn't let me complete my collection. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch Doyle. Sorry. Was that Mitch or Simo? Okay. Might have been both. Sounds. <laughs> Uh, Harry Ramage, can Newcastle win a third game this season? Warriors at home, Warriors at home round twenty-two, Raiders away round twenty-five. Are they winnable games? They can beat the Raiders. Yeah, I think the, they the will. Raiders. The Raiders can beat the Storm and lose to the Knights. But within, by round twenty-five, if the Raiders' season's over, they can beat the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. They're not beating the Warriors that day. Yeah, I don't think they beat the Warriors. I'm telling you, the Warriors lick their lips to play, like to think they've got an easy win. I'm oh yeah, you, they'll be ready for that. Jesus, LV five Who's worse, Feeney or Hawkinson? Take your time. That's Feeney, time. Feeney, because Hodkinson's got a body of work. And he's and yeah. he still had a decent game despite not taking that kick on the weekend. Yep. Mm. Uh, uh, Henny Penny Knight. Great Was name. the loss on the weekend incredible or just a typical Knights game? It was incredible. It was insane. Yeah. Okay, Tim Allen at Nem Probe says, did you ever play with someone who liked Tarzan? Sorry, did you ever play with someone who looked like Tarzan and played like Jane? Which NRL player matches that profile? Dude... Under 15s, under 14s, under 13s, every team has three Tarzans who play like James. Yeah. They used to be the, the guys, when I used to play reps and stuff, they used to be the guys you like hitting the most. Because they got in that team on their size and they had no skill behind it. Yeah. And you could you yeah, hit you them hammer, hard. You hammer a big fella, it looks impressive. Yeah. Exactly. The greatest, the greatest look like Tarzan, play like Jane player of all time is Tony T-Rex Williams. 
Yeah. That's a great shout <laughs> you know, out too. That's that's it and that's all. Sorry, Rexy. And uh, next one from Nemprobe. Game management up by six with three minutes to go. Inside op- opposition's twenty. What is your last tackle option? What if ten to go? So how how up long? By how six, long to go? Three sorry? minutes to go. Up by th- six, three minutes to go. I guess it depends on the sort of team you're in. Mm-hmm. If you're on a team with a strong defence or even an adequate defence, you just punt that bitch over. You 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 know drive that bitch over the sideline. You but you walk you, the scrum. So you nice inside opposition like, twenty. You still put it in touch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, ten to go. Field goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything between 10 and 7 to go, I'm rolling in for a repeat set. Yeah. Yep. You know? It depends on your cattle, though, as well. Some yeah. guys, you can't back that kid in kicking, kicking out and do that. But other ones, if you're the, the far fitter side, for example, I don't put the ball into touch, I run it on the last, and yeah. then make the other team just play from there. Yeah. But, you know, it's different for each team. The teams, know, like, each team knows their player profile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of, it kind of depends on your cattle. Okay. Mm. In your own half, his next question says, down by four, sign about the sound, what is your play? Kick. Run. Actually, yeah. No, Spread my, it. My players always keep the ball alive. I hate when teams just chip kick it. Yeah. Mm. I, the, the plan would be throw it around as much as you can and hope something opens up because yeah. something might open up, but if you kick it, that's a low percentage play at the best yeah, of times. True. And they're, they're all expecting the kick. They're waiting for yeah, you to yeah, kick. Yeah, you know? good point. And all they have to do is punch it over the sideline. They don't yeah. have to catch it. That's yeah. all they've got to do. Uh, next one he said, he's got another one, a situational one. You're trapped one meter out from your own line on your, on your own corner post. What are your most effective next two tackle players to get yards? Hit ups. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're too like, close to one out. Like, yeah. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Just get <laughs> yeah. your winger in there. Box, Go on. Box yeah. kicks. Run it, run box it, lad. Kicks. Yeah, uh, yeah you, just hit ups. And you're too close to your line for a yardage shift, but shifting the ball is the best way to make good yards. Does he mean does he mean a similar situation? Like, you know, a minute left or I don't know. It just says that's it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Next question from at John Manley fan. <laughs> if Josh Robert asked you a list of questions without any of them repeating previously asked questions, did he really ask questions? <laughs> the memes are mutated. That's, that's a great dig too. Wow. At Butsy Triple Eight, what's a food you can eat a challenge, sorry, eating challenge worthy amount of? Pizza. Yeah. Pizza for days. Pizza. Um, okay. No, no, I was going to say ice cream, but no. no. Brain freeze. Yeah. And also ice, milk. No, not milk. good. Milk, uh, pizza, um, cheesy pasta. naan bread, cheesy naan Ooh, bread. Could one. smash it. Mm. Could smash it. Um, hot wings as well. I think as long as they're hot not wings. too hot. Well, if, see, it's, if it's hot, if it's hot wings that are on the definitely the milder side of spicy, I could put a million see, of them. See, if, it, if it's a hot wings eating challenge, they don't give you as, as many much volume. So if you back yourself on hot wings, yep. yeah, you could. So I'll, I'll go hot wings as well. Yep. You got any Dale? Uh, tacos. Tacos. Yes. Oh man, I could smash that's a box of older packs. Because think about it, think about it. Chocolate eclairs. Oh yes, Mate, you don't want to see what I do. Today. Also, because not for <laughs> oh, favourites too. You're you're not a, not a voluminous food. Shoe oh, pastry yeah. is very puffy. Ooh, baby, yep. good, good. His next question: Who could you see winning a golden boot in the next five years? Cameron Munster, golden boot. Yep, absolutely. Wow, great shot. At fullback. Absolutely at fullback. Once Slater hangs him up. People sleep on Cameron Munster. He could be. He's a top five fullback right now. Hmm. Yeah, right he, now. Oh yeah, I said that last year that he was a top five fullback yep. as well. But he's going to be playing six, and it's going to be interesting, right? If he wins game three this year, he'd likely play six of Queensland game one next year. That's how Queensland works. But he's going to be a fullback after the year after. I don't know. Just it's the guy's multi talented. Eh? He just slots in whatever and can yep. play there. But a fantastic fullback. 
and I like well, and well. and Tamalolo. Tamalolo hasn't Tamalolo. won one yet. Yeah. That, he's he could win it this year. That that astounds me that he hasn't won one. Well, you got to remember last like last year was his first mm, transcendent. Yeah. Oh my god, breakout, best player Amazing. in the world type yep. season. He was good the year before that, but he was only at lock. Was he? Was he? No, sorry, he was at lock for all of 2015, but yeah. he wasn't at the level that he is yeah. now. Yeah. He wasn't the player he is. There now. isn't the young half that I would say would do that yet. Mitch like, Moses. Ash Taylor some potential to do Ash it. Ash Taylor is the one I think could do yep. it. I think Milford could do it as yep. well. Yeah, but else, yeah. They'd be the two, though. There's no one really from New South Wales that I think could. No. Well, no one from the halves, at least, that could and I think Tedesco could do it. Once, yeah, go, could go, do go, it. go to the Roosters. Absolutely. Go to the Roosters, play on that team, get confidence all year. I think yep. he could do it. That's a great question, I think though. I think we're in trouble for Tedesco next year, but he's going to destroy the competition. Oh, the it's going to kill it. It's going to be filthy, isn't it? His next question, Kirkley taking that bomb at end of 09. Is that the biggest... Stones play in Origin, if not what is. So you've got, got Cajones. The biggest Cajones play in Origin history. That was that was brave because he didn't have to do it. Biggest you know Cajones what I mean? it, was a, it, was a de- it was a dead rubber that they'd already won. Mm. He could have just let it bounce and it wouldn't have mattered. He went up and took it. It was very, very ballsy. I wouldn't say it was the most Stones play in Origin history. Most Stones play. Wouldn't, you wouldn't say it's got Stones, but the uh, Morris chase down, injured. Yep. Mm. yep. That's mine. Yep. yep, that's it. Yep. He didn't know how busted he That's was. That's the so correct it, answer. Yeah. He like, just went and did it. As yeah. you say, he could have got up and got back down. <laughs> yeah, he could have crumbled instantly, but he, yeah. he did it, man. Henny uh, Penny Knight's back again. Has the last week been the greatest week in the history of Australian combat sports? I, I actually think it might be. In terms of Australians and the actual fights themselves, mm. it's, it's, been, it's been fantastic. The Robert Whittaker's win on Sunday was a really great moment for Australian MMA, who have really, really been looking for a star that can sort of transcend the traditional boundaries of the sport. Yeah. And Robert Whittaker, he did that on Sunday. You know what I mean? There are a lot of people, and I complain about them sometimes, who have um, developed a big interest in combat sports over the last seven days. You know what I mean? They have mm-hmm. a lot of takes about Pacquiao and Horn. <laughs> they have a lot of takes about Whittaker. You know? One was on the project tonight. <laughs> no, 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 no. Would you, no, do you respect? No, no, it's not Bunga. Bunga's been doing UC, U, UCF. UFC. <laughs> He's been doing UFC stuff for a while. But just a, just a lot of guys, like a lot of yeah. casual mm-hmm. sports fans that are all of a sudden big UFC boxing fans. And I hope they stick with the sport because it's always great when a sport's got more fans. But it's the only thing that irks me a little bit about these two wonderful sporting does moments. That, do, I think the point that you make about Whitaker is, is the same as with Horn. I mean, he does... He's more than a fighter. Like, Horn is a story, and so is Whitaker, And yeah. that's what makes him so good for Australia. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it helps as well. They're both actually quite similar. They're very unassuming. Yeah. They're very normal sorts of blokes. Like, mm. if you spoke to them, you'd never get the sense that they're both world champions. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Rob Whitaker is, like, I know it was the interim belt on the weekend, but he's going to smash Bisping's face off. <laughs> he's going to destroy him. He beat Yoel Romero on one leg. Imagine what he's going to do to Bisping, who you can only see out of one eye, and nearly got knocked out by Dan Henderson, who's ninety-five years old. Yeah, all those people make sense to me. Yeah. Dan, <laughs> um, Dan, Dan Henderson played a few tests for England in the, in the 05. Did he, did he play hooker for the Roosters? I think he did. <laughs> Broke his leg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Shields, he won. What is your favourite NRL comeback game you've attended? His is South v Chooks twenty twelve when he backpacked around Australia. That I've that's a good that, one. I've, that I've attended. Yeah, that's a real mm. good one. His game he got though. Mine is, I was at the Broncos-Bulldogs 2006 semi-final. Yeah, that's a good answer. And it was a fucking great game. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Roots, what do you got, no, I'm, I'm blanking. Not that I've been at. I've been at a lot of... I've been... 
at a lot of games that the Dragons should have won in Canberra and didn't. But I was there as a Dragons fan. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I've ever been to a game that would qualify as a really great, stirring, legendary comeback. You weren't at the Raiders Tigers game. Uh, at which, uh No, I wasn't. Mm. I wasn't. I was at work that day, and I didn't live in Leichhardt then. So oh, that is a tragedy. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't think I have an answer. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I got nothing. I'm yeah. a I'm a bad fan. Uh, the first ever loss I went to, by the way, ever my whole life, because you know, growing up, the Broncos were quite good. Obviously, was Broncos really? Manly, uh, mm. where who scored the winner? I was we it, up a, was it a Brookie? That Brookie, yeah. Tom Hunt got thrown in the touch. Oh no, sorry, oh. I was thinking of a much earlier game. The, this is the game where Brent Tate scores that fant- that fantastic flick, but yeah, Broncos and he flicks lose. it back to Hodges. Yeah, that they were, I think like, they were up by fourteen and lost that game. That was a, one of the worst I've seen the other way for me. But that was I was fifteen. I think the first Broncos also ever, ever went to. Did you cry? I didn't. But <laughs> man, who to goes? Bang, we were out. Me and oh. Dad smoke bomb that venue. Okay, so <laughs> to, to compare Mitch's fan experience growing up to yeah. mine, the first Raiders game I ever went to was at Cogra Oval in nineteen ninety nine against the St George Illawarra Dragons. Mm-hmm. And the St. George Illawarra Dragons won 44-2. Nathan Blacklock and Anthony Mundine backflipped on my soul. (laughs) I didn't didn't see Canberra win a game live. Because I could only go to a couple of years. Because, you know. I didn't see him win a game live until 2006. Wow. (laughs) There's a game out at Campbelltown. Todd Carney kicked a field goal and Golden Point. Did you cry? Fuck, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all the questions. That was a lot of questions again. That was a good question. Tell you good what, stuff, guys. Camber, me and you, we make a, a four-game buy-around podcast go for two hours. Well done, all. Well yeah. done. Yeah, good luck everyone listening to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug specifically? Uh, yeah, if if you see my Trent Hodkinson yarn out there, there's been a lot of great reception. I'd appreciate it if you could read it. Um, and i got another yarn coming tomorrow on Jarrett Hayne and his place among the Blues um, origin legends. You know, he's got the same amount of tries as Michael O'Connor now. Yeah, they said that a little bit in the broadcast, but that's a, that's a truly momentous achievement because that record has stood for 26 years. He's a top blue try scorer of he's all level, time. Equal, he's level, with, equal he's level with Mick O'Connor. And we've not heard much about it. He's no. a chance to go all-time clear. Well, th- I was thinking about that record. That's what sort of... You know, inspired me to to write the yarn. Mm. So that should go live sometime tomorrow. Um, follow me on Twitter, and I'll flick it to you. And then you can tell me why I'm wrong in the comments section. Is so, that, that going to be behind some kind of paywall? Uh, yes. Yeah. Really. At, at Simo Doyle, at you about uh, <laughs> in the comments section about Hang being a fraud. Look out for it. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Thanks for coming on, Campo. Thanks for having me, guys. Say goodbye, Mitchell. See you later, everyone. And goodbye from me. Hey, laugh now, nigga. My man's right behind you. Can't pull the trigger. I don't play. I'm from the hill where shit is real. And I be on your ass like bugs on the windshield. I cut hair and you still can't get no parts. You could end it with school if we was playing cards. But if I got beef, then it's time for cold red. My gun is like a hoe. It be taking mad niggas to bed. So hurry up and skedaddle. Even if you join the army, you still couldn't battle. So where you from? England? You somebody great? You burning school? I don't think she might. Yo, sauce, if you're down with the group, oh, get on the mic, I won't just show and prove. Hey, 
Here I come with a slick rap tic-tac-toe when I flip track, so give me my dick back. I flow to it and through it. If you ever need to wonder how you got dope like source money, you didn't do it. I write my own with bigger hope. Jigger scope, rope what I figure, no damn, you dig a nigga dope. Rhymes too drastic, bastard, pull hookers like elastic. NBA style, fantastic. As I get ready, I'm steady. If I go crazy, I take Eddie. If I was Fred, I think I have the bone ready. Sucking and luckin' hey, niggas, I'm duckin' late. Not a no, never meaning ain't no motherfuckin' wait. Rappers get gas, come on and get fast. Try to get past when I blast, and you can hand over your ass. One line, and that's fair. Rappers get so damn pussy, they gotta go for a patch smear. So, Shaheem, if you're down with the groove, get on the mic, it's time to show what's wrong. Yo, yo, so check me out as I flip this in track, kid, and make mad noise like a Metallica racket. I'm psycho, a villain to the styles, I be killer when I'm flustered, and all competition gets dusted. Cause I rock the world from USA to Asia to Russia. If it's just thinks I'm a flusher, then brush ya like a crazy man from Cali, son. My jeans be black like a Farrakhan rally. What? You know my style? I put the F in every foul. The rugged child locks you down like Rackazel. And got my girls in the trailer, lower shopper. One super the cat. I'm the Purani Dandara. So, Big Daddy, if you're down with the group, my man, get on the mic and won't you show and prove. Now, tell me who is the man? Or with the high potent lyrics, no rapper can never stand. I get down on it and give it the rapper that even act like they want it. I come for your title, kid, run it. Or else get hit with the ultimate, too legit skit. Oh yeah, that's that shit. Drop lyrics on you, strong as ammonia. That is a thong, you scone, you join ya. I tried to warn you, you was waxing, I know ya. Fake it's a cupid, it's a cone, you what I just shown ya. Real lyrics don't go on ya. Strong as an elephant, intelligent, compelling, and elegant. Swelling it with every single element. And competition gets none. Huh. If I was wearing pantyhose, you still couldn't give me no run. And let's just make one more thing understood. That if I fought on a record, trust me, nigga. It'll sound good So JC, if you're down with the groove My mellow, get on the mic It's time to show a bro uh, I'm breaking MCs up like EPMD And these nuts, if your rappers trying to see me I buck wild with style, chill out I'm ribbing and running a hundred miles I'm well endowed, baby gal uh, The greatest nigga to touch it You niggas can't fuck with The incredible skills of the jail from Brooklyn Big up, kid And ain't no eating me up You're fast fucking with Jigga I'm like Prince Jeans I bring the ass out the nigga When I rock it, it's in the pocket Baby, mop it, don't knock it Till you try it, once you start, you can't stop it I'm the cocky breed, I'm dope like poppy seed I live one rich, with of between Get off my dick and stop jacking me When I bust a rhyme, you're digging the sound I know you're loving the way it's going down, baby So wait, son, huh? If you're down with the crew, why don't you Get on the mic and show and prove Come on, Wu-Tang, killer bees on the form Rain on your college as it's so dorm Slippery with wet and don't you ever forget You couldn't get a flick of the hype outfit Because the way that I dress this style, man Wow, enough to make a crowd a woman scream, ow! My beats are funky and my rhymes are spunky. So it's to be like, well, goddamn, what's the rest of it? I don't know. I asked my mama. She don't know. She says, go ask your goddamn father. It's all about me and the place to be. Make us think they all that. Yo, that shit is cheap. Mad game and it's a motherfucking shame. How many enemies want to claim the name of Aeson? Who carries on like a manager? Yo, sounds fly right? Danger. 